Shut up and sit down. Get Radio episode number 45. Welcome back to the show where we talk about uh, tournaments and only tournaments and nothing other than tournaments. On tonight's show, we're joined by the one and only Mick Dick Dog. How you doing, Michael? Hi. Happy to be back. Sounds it. And oh, as yes, always... I've stepped down because, um, you know, I was on the Amber Time podcast a couple of weeks back, so... Were you actually? Were you actually... Coming back to my roots, you know? I didn't know this. You would have been invited on to this if I'd known you were on Amazon. <laughs> but yeah, happy to be back where the magic happens. Thanks for having me. I wasn't joking, but uh, as always, I'm joined <laughs> by my <laughs> my good old buddy, Paul. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Good to be back. Looking forward to another podcast with the lovely Michael. Hello. You know, I've just realised in 45 episodes, that's the first time I've forgotten the dynamic duo. That's all right. You can um, you can seamlessly weave it in later on. In let's the let's let's them brainwave one now. Okay. Uh, what, what goes together? Two things which cannot be separated. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I already know where this is going. <laughs> Paul, give me a word. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'll give I'll give something that matches. Hmm. <laughs> Wonder what Paul's <laughs> word is going to be. Nobody's going to understand this. This is terrible radio. Oh, Naz Banners, what did you tune in for? Oh my God, there was a twenty-minute conversation before we hit the record button, is which we're alluding to. So let's move on. On tonight's show, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about the two most I was recent say lips tournaments. and onion rings. What? <laughs> 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 We're going to be talking about War in the North, the recent uh, singles event in Sterling. Uh, we're going to be talking about Nordcon, which uh, Paul, Fraz and Michael went to as tourists and indulged in all of the Danish delights. Before we do that... <laughs> before we do that... We're going to... <laughs> uh... Let's just say some experiences gave new meaning to the term Danish pastry. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Come on, lads. We're professionals. We've done this before. Right, we're here to talk about War in the North and Nordcon. Before we do that, we need to cleanse our palates. <laughs> Why did you say cleanse? <laughs> <sighs> Sometimes you need more than soap for a cleanse. Sometimes you need salt. Let's go to the salt <laughs> Yeah, baby. It's salt time. 
on this week's salt mine. Paul has mm. a salt mine. So in this week's salt mine, we're going to talk about armchair journals. So basically, people that don't play the game, maybe only play one person on a regular basis, and like to go on at the forum and just talk absolute shit that has no bearing on the wider game. And it's just the biggest reason why I don't read the forum these days. It's just so infuriating. The other example is when you might be talking to someone about the game and they just have this kind of general air about them. Like, you just use a lot of the kind of same words, like, obviously, and like, you know, of course it does this. Like, they just have this air about them. Like, they just think they know everything about the game. They're just and it's, a dick. And yeah, basically. Everyone who's played this game knows that you can do everything right and it can be so swingy. So just having that air of kind of almost arrogance about yourself, like, obviously this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. Like, I hate listening to people when they talk about the game that way. It does my head in. So that is what I'm particularly salty about this week. I think that's fair. There are a lot of those kinds of people in the forum. <laughs> Michael can agree. Michael's gone. Michael's gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ironically, ironically, Michael can only breathe out of his asshole while he's not doing so much. Do you know what uh, I mean, though? Like, like when you go into the forum and someone says, oh, this unit needs to have stubborn because it doesn't work any other way. You're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't really know what the solution is to that, like, <laughs> other than not reading the forum. like. Yeah, I mean, it's infuriating. Like, I think we've spoke about this quite a lot off, off air. I mean, I used to think it was, like, very particular forums issues, but I think it's just part and parcel of the beast of, like, forum kind of hobby. Yeah. It's And that's the thing as well. Like, I remember hearing this from somebody. I think it was maybe Ed or it was somebody else who was saying, like, oh, maybe it wasn't Ed. I can't remember. But it was somebody who had access to, like, the kind of traffic of the site. Mm-hmm. who was saying that like most of the people who are active sorry the people who are most active in the forum are not the majority of people who visit the forum mm-hmm. yeah. you know so it's quite quite interesting how it's like even a lot of these visits are people who don't have a forum handle who just like download the rules and play the game but it is really inf- infuriating it's really annoying because it does really put you off engaging in the forum for me it's just because no matter how much effort you put in to trying to like you know convey a reasonable perspective or take on something or response to a ridiculous statement people just don't change their mind you know and they just ha- they they just come back like kind of like that like no you response and it's like like you, your suggestion just makes no sense and yeah i think you're right like it is you know armchair general kind of thing it does betray quite rightly the sense of like just being a kind of armchair theory crafter gamer it's like you're just you're just clearly not playing the game like and i mean that's rich coming for me but i mean i always say like i'm shit i am shit at the game right i'm really bad at the game. <laughs> and i hold my hands up so that's that's fine but i also kind of know that like yeah like that's why you maybe just don't necessarily take what i say like super seriously but at the same time i'm always kind of surprised when i see some suggestions like fuck that's mad like who who thinks that's like a, a good idea you know it's hard because what do you do right because like then you don't engage in the forum when you have good things to say and then the forum just becomes this echo chamber of crap ideas but then yeah like is that really how you want to invest your hobby time anyway like just kind of like talking to geese i mean that's what it is like well like hopefully like the the people that are making decisions are savvy enough to understand that and so they're not going to be reliant upon that for you know ideas 
for the like the legendary army books and stuff like that but there's th- there's also like the kind I of no well yeah, i mean yeah I, like, I mean, you see, you see we have going, we have right? seen like, some some things that do, do seem counter to that but there's also like the the other extreme almost where like as i say you've got the, the, the actual quite experienced types of players who the way they talk about the game they can come across quite arrogant and again it's like really frustrating to be around it's kind of like the old boys club kind of mentality yeah. like when you go to like some events <clears throat> and there's a lot of that and you just kind of feel like that's really off-putting yeah i mean it's just again it's kind of um i think it's like a lot of different things but we do kind of get it to like a quite a hefty degree in something which is such a nerdy cave like a ninth age you know it's like by virtue of the hobby, it does attract these like social, socially inept people. Um, <laughs> like it does. Like I know, but I mean it does. Like that's just it's unfortunate. But there is a stereotype, and it's totally true. Because you've we've all been to events where you see those people. You we've all been to clubs, right? We've all been to like. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like these people exist. Like it's it's just a shame that they all happen to like gravitate to the hobby. Do you know? Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's kind of like part and parcel of it. But yeah, what do you do? I mean, do you just like hide these people? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading of like Nietzsche recently, so I am coming to value oh, like, my time. So I would just say like, just don't bother with these people, you know? Maybe <laughs> at some point you have to say like, look, you're actually so fucking difficult. Like, I'm not going to spend four hours playing a game with you because this is my free time, right? This is my weekend. I'm coming to play. Yeah. You know, like, I think at some point it does get to that stage. I mean, politeness can only go so far. And it's like, no, like, who's this for? Is this for you, you know, the angry virgin nerd to be like, um, you know what? No, actually, you should be 1.5 centimeters back. And it's like, just, I am, I am back, man. Right? Shut <laughs> You know, like, it's just, I just think, I mean, yeah, I just think you should say to people like, yeah, fuck up. Like, come on. It's different yeah, than I mean, a tournament, like, right? Like, if, you know, you, you'll get those matchups where you have to just take them and be like, right, this is going to be a painful couple of hours. This is not going to be, like, a memorable game for any good reasons. In those situations, you need to put up with it because you've signed up to the tournament, right? But if it's casual, if it's club level, I think you just you just say, like, mate, like, until you buck up your ideas, like, I'm just not consciously going to play with you because it's just, it's not what I'm doing this hobby for. What do you think, Andrew? Like the, I think the forums kind of swung. Like, I don't think we've ever had really a middle ground. It's always seemed to be one of the extremes where either the project is really non-transparent and doesn't seem to engage with the community at large, and then it gets accused of being an old boys club and nothing um, that doesn't get made within that group is going to find its way within you know the books, or the opposite happens, which I think we're going through right now, where there's some fucking shambolic stuff that's making its way in to just mm. these conversations and it's out of a genuine attempt by the project to engage with the community and have those discussions on the forum. The problem is the people who are most active on the forum are, or tend to be, because it's not fair to say everyone is because they're not, but they tend to be those kind of providers of noise in an echo chamber. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't, totally know, agree, don't but... know what the solution is, like, because it's a tough one. I mean, I think yeah. that way, like, I think if I can, sorry to, I don't think I cut you off, Paul, but to come in quite closely. Yeah, Paul, shut the fuck up, right? I think it's like, <laughs> I think we all know who these people are, like, we know who these people are, so I think, you know, people who are in positions of some, like, authority and responsibility in the project should also know who these people are, 
and it's, it's a shame to say, but it's like, I just feel like once you know who these people are, it's like, yeah, I'm not really going to take what you say seriously, which isn't very nice to say, but it's like, I mean, I've said this to some people, it's like, yeah, like, that's why I don't take it seriously, because it just makes no sense. Um, I think, like, people know who these people are, so whilst they are making a lot of noise, and whilst you do see them a lot of the time in their respective forums, because let's not forget, they're usually restricted to their army forum, right? Like, they're not, yeah. you don't really see them, like, <clears throat> elsewhere, which is always quite funny. I have to hope that, like, people who are, like, kind of looking for ideas in the public part of the forum will be like, yeah, that guy's, like, off his nut, and we're just, we we know not to take him seriously. But yeah, I mean, it is hard. Like, I think over the last couple of months, I was trying to more consciously engage in some forums because I was seeing people talk about, like, lab changes, you know, for, like, Empire and for Orcs and Goblins. And I'm like, well, you know, can I really complain when the lab fucks it up that I didn't, you know, yeah, try and engaging. engage? Yeah. But then you do it, and it's like, it is like talking to geese. It's like, and it's a shame because, like, people, people know what they want to, people know what they want to believe. And I don't think most people go in one, like, with a kind of open-mindedness. Because I've had my mind changed. Like, I've read some suggestions, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of, I don't see the need for that. But when somebody's explained it, or they've kind of fleshed it out a bit more, it's like, you know what, <clears throat> if people wanted that, they could do that. And that, that's okay. Like, it's not, it doesn't add a lot. It doesn't take away much. It's, you know, it's a nice, like, tag-on kind of thing. But I think, like, most people just are not of that kind of levity of thought. And they're just like, no, it's like, this is what I want. And it's like, yeah, it's not what it's about. Like, you're not going to get that. I think for us more rational people, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a cunt and say that because like, yeah, I mean, like, people listening will know who these people are. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there is an onus to just try and engage more and just hope that these same people who are in positions of responsibility will see that, like, you know what, that is actually like a rational comment compared to these other people who they know it's like, yeah, this guy is, like, off his nut. Why is yeah. he wanting to give, like, five guns to, like, a grot? Or what are they called? Goblins or snotlings? Or I don't know. But yeah, just to these people on the forum, just go and play games. Play with other people. You know, like, just force yourself to play instead of writing, like, a treatise on, you know, using militia as, like, a <laughs> battle line unit, you know? <laughs> just go and play. I mean, I feel like it's particularly bad just now because I don't think the project has a, a particularly clear idea about what it wants to do just now with the army books. This is a can of worms, you know. It is, and I, I'm almost tempted to ignore it because I don't want to fall too fortunate. But I do think that like the design teams and the head honchos just now don't have a particularly clear idea of what they want. I think it's going to become worse. Like you, you do actually kind of make an interesting connection which we don't necessarily have to go down a lot right but when you see ah it's kind of interesting because like we're coming up for like midway i guess um on the the pace is picked up right because it's been a lot yeah what i was going to say was like it's like you look at these more recent labs it does in some respect kind of give credence to more wacky ideas is what i'm afraid of so these things that we read and we're like okay that's fucking nuts it's like when you look at some of the other shit, it's like these people are going to just be, I feel like, kind of galvanized where it's like, well, why can't we have that? And maybe the project will find itself more and more in a position where it can't really say, like, well, you know, we can't give you that. Do you see? I mean, like, it seems to be kind of like, or I would be worried that it does, like, legitimize these kind of wackier mm. things. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing that you're kind of like, you're hinting at there. Like, there is, there is no doubt in effect 
um especially when it's kind of so swingy right like you had you had one mad lab and then it went to like de and it was like okay it's kind of chill kind of stable overall but then it goes back to something which is mad so it's like well what is the kind of script like what is the the pathos that we're yeah. applying i guess we're gonna have to wait for uh sorry and ancients and kingdom of to find that out oh did did fraz not send it to you i can <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna mention this now okay, it's a bit funny um i think i've been sent I've been sent two labs, work in progress but, labs. Michael, we can't be talking about this on the phone. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you cut it out or not, but it's kind of funny. We're definitely right? cutting this out. Because <laughs> I've asked for the work in progress labs, but only to get the front cover for memes. <laughs> like this, of course, like that's the reason. Yeah, I think I've done an Indiana Jones one recently, which had like, uh, like the Kingdom of Equitane one. But I had to crop it so much that I'm like, well, nobody's going to see that it's the work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that would be cut. But yeah, that's, that's humorous for us. Get left in. That's staining. Uh, yeah, damn, damn, Fraz. I told Fraz to stop sending me it, and he just keeps sending it to me. Ah, uh, Fraz. <laughs> uh, oh, he is. He's a, su- such a, a scallywag. It's another chain on the ring, the red mm. ring. So, on that Chocolate note... Chocolate ring. <laughs> was a little bit more on the nose. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, meander on into the main topic of the show. Magic Radio. So, on the main topic of the show, we're going to be talking about War in the North and Nordcon. So, we'll go chronologically, because War in the North happened earlier. Paul, you organised this event. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this was just the the first event back after lockdown. So this was really just an excuse to get everyone back into playing some physical games again. So we ran this back in September. I think we had 18 players. Pretty chill event. It's just a straight up two-day singles, four or 500 point type tournament. Um, and it was good crack. We had a good crowd turn up. Um, had some guys come up from the south. We had some of the Irish guys come over. Um, it was really good. Just the kind of usual crowd that come a lot to the Scottish events. So we had a good time. I'd say the one thing I was kind of conscious of was like the painting. So I, I did want to mm. be a little bit stricter on painting scores. I think especially after like lockdown and being conscious of people having more time to paint, and I didn't really want to run an event and then everyone come back just to grey armies so um i was going to be a little bit stricter with applying painting penalties than i might otherwise be um i know it's something that we've kind of talked about previously on the podcast where i think we've all generally kind of felt like the standard hobby should be better than it is in the uk so hopefully going forward if this is something that we can continue then that'll definitely help push people towards yeah. bringing fully painted armies yeah and you did enforce it too right so that was good yeah yeah i mean to be fair like i think there was only a couple of people that took i think there was three people that took a painting hit and in most cases it didn't have too much of an impact um and in yeah. one case it ended up having quite a big impact so in a way that was good because then hopefully people take it a little bit more seriously like if people are just rocking up with great armies and they know that there are going to be bottom tables then they're not really going to care if they take a minus whatever it is so but hopefully for people that are trying to come to compete 
and try and win, then they obviously need to take that into consideration as well. So, but it, like I say, it was a pretty good crowd. Um, I think everyone was pretty happy to be back playing games again. So yeah. and it was good to see everybody as well. Um, yeah. It's been a long time. We have to put a special mention out to Matt, Matt Wilson, because mm-hmm. over lockdown, he has grown long hair oh. and a beautiful beard. Yes. Oh, he was rocking his um, Mandarin look, right? He does actually look like an Infernal Dwarf now. Mm, with the top knot and shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. I felt that we had to mention that on the pod. I did question my sexuality several times that weekend. See, if he'd been drinking, I think a couple of people would have tried their luck. But his defences were too high. Man of <laughs> principle. He's a father now. He can't, he can't debauch himself in that way no. anymore. What happens on tour stays on tour. Am I right, boys? Well, that's Fraz's credo. Mm. <laughs> so, Michael, what was your list? Yeah, so I had a um, a big unit of knights, so a big knight bus. I had three characters to go with it, so think along the lines of like a knight commander, mounted BSB, um, and a prelate. And then as the hybrid aspect of it, I had a parent unit of Imperial Guard with great weapons, and then I had um, a supporting unit of light infantry, a couple of units of militia, uh, some mortars, a stank, and I think I had a wizard and a marshal with the Imperial Guard just for okay. to make use of bodyguard. Cosmo and the wizard, idea right? was that sorry, yes, yeah, Cosmo wizard, yeah. Um, Best lord in the game. So mm-hmm. the idea was mm-hmm. that like the idea was that the night bus could be somewhat independent because of like cold blooded and discipline nine. And the I had the banner which multiplied order, so banner of unity. Nice. And it worked quite well, it was quite a nice concept. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean it, it was a bit schizophrenic the list, but it was kind of fun to try it out and I think like I mean it's something I've ran similar I've ran similar variations against Paul before. And yeah, I think there's like a quite a cool idea there. But yeah, it was cool. fun. It was really just great to play again, you know. Um it really had been so long to play in person and yeah, I mean after like a you know, best part of two years on UB, like, it was, yeah, it was quite funny. I remember the first game I had against James, and yeah, I was like, fuck, like, what did these bits do again? Oh, yeah, and yeah, but it was a really great weekend overall. We'll come back to your game results in a second. Paul, what was your list? So I was obviously organising it, so I was the reserve player, so I just kind of threw together something that I had kind of been playing around with. It was basically... Big bruiser block of core with some like a, a dart of uh, tribesmen and a dart of bruisers, and then it's a, a unit of pistol marks, two units of bombardiers, tuskers with great weapons, and then a rock rock, some cats for chaff, and then cult leader BSB with viper's curse, and then a thaumaturgy master or general. So very range heavy um, with having the Tuskers and the Rock Rock there is like kind of counterpunch unit. So pretty pretty straightforward list. Nothing crazy. Nothing nice. too janky. Yeah. If you if you know what the final results for this event were and you know the circumstances which led to those final results, you will know what how much of a dick rather Paul sounded there. He's like, you know, I just fucking threw this together. Didn't really give it much thought. <laughs> just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Didn't really give a fuck. Uh, smash face. Didn't even play a game. Still smash face. I will say in my defence before we get to that point, because that's not how I intended that to sound. If that is how it came across, but <laughs> I was very, I was very lucky in who I played that week. That week, I had a lot of very good matchups. <laughs> 
Uh, I was taking an independent vampire list. Shocker. I had my independent vamp with arcane knowledge and dragon, with halberd, blessed descriptions, end school, and obsidian rock. Had a necro adept on evocation with the necromatic staff. I had the most problematic element of the list, a fell wraith on a monstrous revenant. The great weapon cleansing light. I had three units of 30 skeletons with spears, full command, leech banners, aka the best boys. A unit of five spectral hunters. I had two altars of undeath. I had a black dark coach, dark coach. I had a shrieking horror, and I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. you've been playing that list or a version of that list for a long time. Yeah, like yeah. I think the revenant was the new thing, right? Yeah, the revenant and the hunters was the new thing. Yeah, and like that Could, list has been going yeah. very well. For a long time, because you had a, a new model for the the revenant, didn't you? That you wanted. I did. To use. Yeah, I got the the Rikenor model from from Games Workshop, which is really really nice. A bastard to put together, but really really nice. Yeah, yeah, that looked uh, really great. Yeah. Thanks, man. But yeah, he was uh, utterly dog shit and has continued to be <laughs> dog shit in the in the games after the event. So, yeah. um, instead of doing a blow by blow account, because we were going to kind of do an overview, what we'll do is we'll just run through our games, what the scores were, and then any kind of oversights or outcomes. So round one, I was playing the lovely Brady and his fatties. This is a grudge match, right? This was a grudge match. And Brady said that he was going to push at me. I laughed in his face. He dropped for first and indeed pushed at me. Uh, he pushed in such a way that gave me multiple opportunities, which I proceeded to not take. <laughs> <laughs> the Shrieking Horror did a grand total of one wound when he screamed his hunter, which mm -hmm. wasn't great. Um, and that was basically how the game went. Brady just played hyper-aggressive, and there was a couple points where things could have gone differently, but just didn't get it. Like, I, I charged uh, a snow cow with the Revenant, and the Spectral Hunters had a five on dice overrun into it as well, so I would have hopefully done some damage to him, and mm -hmm. they failed, and the Revenant got the shit kicked out of him by a mammoth. <laughs> Uh, it was sore. It was sore. I can't remember what the final score was. It was either 16 or an 18 to to Brady. It was a proper, like, it was just the, across the tournament, just shit kept happening. Like, my dragon at one point failed a restrained test after kicking the shit out of a unit with a double six and then rolled double six to meander in front of a bruiser block, which then promptly kicked the shit out of him. Mm. So it was just stuff like that, and that happened across the event, and it was just, oh, fuck. So I got my head kicked in game one. Uh, game two, I played Fraz, uh, which was a good matchup because he was using Dread Elves. And played very aggressive because Fraz deployed on the line. I dropped the horror in front of two chariots and a Hydra, and I should have screamed off one chariot and then panicked the stuff around it. Uh, I did four no, I did three wounds rather than the four needed to kill it, so which nice. was fucking frustrating. Uh, and then Fraz made an 11 into my dragon with Executioners, and that should have been into the flank of the dragon. Uh, and that should have been all she wrote, but the dragon proceeded to kick the shit out of the Executioners and a turn of luck. And, How uh, the fuck it, does, does like, oh, fuck. a unit of bruisers kill your dragon, but like a unit of Merc Vets and a unit of fucking Executioners don't? That's right, the dragon kicked the shit out of Merc Vets in the first game as well. Just fucking did them in. Mental. But yeah, that, it was honestly, it was horrendous. Uh, that game was just so back and forward. Like Fraz and I both thought at different points that we were going to twenty each other. So there was a mm. lot of shouting going on. 
and in a lot of crying <laughs> in terms of more shouting. Uh, I think it finished up 14 to me. So yeah, that was good. <laughs> that good was good. Yeah. I think that was the, that was the start of Razzie's steady decline <laughs> after that. He game. didn't have a good weekend. Per no. so. yeah. yeah, just look at his face. He'd let He's... you know. He would let you know. You ask like, him. Like a burst arse. <laughs> so in, in game three, I played. I'm not having fun. <laughs> uh, game three i played the lovely danny minto who is becoming a regular in, in my opponents uh I, I think that's the last two three events i've played against them yeah uh, he had a sylvan elf or mostly tree list with supporting equal characters again i thought it was a good matchup i was wrong uh he played really <laughs> aggressive and turns out skeletons don't beat the dryads and thicket beasts be the it. Was this a, a flashback to ETC 2018? Well, I, I just need to stop playing this game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny also made a fucking 11 into the flank of my dragon uh, with Wild Huntsman with paired weapons. And we spoke about it on the, the show previously. They're like, do I care about that? And I was like, no, mm. there's strength four. Don't care. Well, but you roll some... all the sixes in the world. Well, this is what happened. And luckily, the dragon turned up and helped the vampire kick the shit out of them in return, but it basically nullified the dragon. I wasn't able to heal enough, and I think I lost that 16. I think Danny won 16. I can't remember. You'd need to check the scores. I know I lost. It was a convincing one for Danny anyway, because it was hold the center as well, and I just couldn't get anywhere near it because he just plucked these big blocks in there. So that wasn't good. Um, so I was doing pretty shit after day one. I went out with the guys. We had some beers. We were quite respectable. I think we came back to the hotel at like one. And then yeah, not so bad. game four, I played against Ed with his five war machines, which makes mm-hmm. a dragon cry. So I spent most of the game hiding. And then towards the end of the game, I decided to try and go for it because I needed points. And it didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> lost the dragon. Uh, so I lost 13-7, I think. Off the top of my head. That's, not, that's not bad for losing a dragon. No, it's not too bad. Ed, to be fair, Ed's dice were pretty shit. Like, it was that stage where like he's got five war machines and none of them are hitting. Mm. But then you're hiding your super valuable dragon. You're like, is this the turn I risk it, or is this the turn that he's dice turn up and I've just put my dragon out that he can take off? So it was it was a bit of a stalemate. Um, and then in the last game, I played against Josh Burns. I'd never played against Josh before. He was just in Sylvan Elves, and I decided just to be really aggressive because it was a kind of more of a mix than. Danny's list, so there was softer elf elements that I could get mm. into, and it paid off. The dragon did a lot of heavy lifting, just taking units off. The revenant was shit again, <laughs> and I won eighteen two. <laughs> so I yeah, that was going to be the game that the revenant redeemed himself, but no, no, he was pretty shit. I'll talk about kind of the list after you guys have gone through your games, but yeah, the revenant was pretty dog dog shit all weekend. So yeah, I finished on forty-eight, which that's all right. Um, Average, it's, pretty much. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty rubbish, but it's not terrible, so not bad. Right, Michael, how did your game go? Well, this will be quick because I don't actually remember. Um, <laughs> so game one against James, I think I got twenty, but we had yeah, I think last, you did. You know, when you so you were the real winner because I don't remember. I'm so traumatized, or no, because you had a good time. Oh that's all yeah, that that's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think game one, yeah. So James with James, so this was another grudge. So I think a few of us grudged like the Irish boys coming over. Um, mm-hmm. 
So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and... all of us lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just standard, isn't it? No, but I do remember it for a while being quite swingy. I think because the night bus is like so many points, because it's got general BSB and then it's like, you know, most of my core is in there. Once James got that, I think that was just like the beginning of the end. So James had like two horrors, which were kind of j- jumping about. But I remember it being a really great game. My next two J- games, my next two James, my next two games were... <laughs> against Gary, who's not often at the club, but he does come to the events. Um, so he's another Scottish player, another one of the wildlings. Um, and I also played a new player, Ernestas, who's joined the group recently. Mm. Um, so that's quite fun. So it was both against Warriors. So that was kind of, you know, good for the old memory. I think, I can't really remember. I think against Gary, it was either a draw or a win for me, but I really can't remember. But Gary's list was like very pushy. He had like um, some spawn... Um, not spawn. What are they called? Wretched Wretched ones. That's, what, that's yeah. what they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he may have had another random mover, which is quite similar to Ernestas's list. But yeah, overall, like really fun. Like both of them are such a laugh. Had a really great time playing both of them. And I think against Ernestas, we didn't finish. Ernestas is very new. I remember finishing the game with Gary because Gary's list was very quick. It just like moved forward. There was no nothing like funny about it. Um, but yeah, I can't really remember details. I think against. Ernestas, I gave him a win. Um, you gave him a win. <laughs> that's what I do. I give wins. I, I, I boost other people's happiness levels. And I'm happy to do so. And then day two... Who did I... Oh, I played Fraz. So I got a win from Fraz. Um, <laughs> um, you give out wins, but not when you play Fraz. No, Fraz doesn't get it. No, it's like... It's like I, lo- I love Fraz. Fraz is great. Um... But you'll never look at him the same way again, will you? Uh, well, I won't look at his... Well, you know. You know what it is. Um, no, but he wasn't having a good time at that event. So I didn't feel <laughs> it's never fun. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll go into this a bit more in more detail in Nordcon, because I did also play Elves in Nordcon. I think Empire overall do really well against Elves, or have the tools to do very well yeah. against Elves. I mean, even if you don't have, like, specialist things like mortars, which I had, but if you've got strength for shooting, like, it, it's it's just a dream to play elves because they, they don't have armor against it, and then yeah. you're just wounding them so easily. So it wasn't a fun game for Fraz, but um, it was alright. And then my last game was against Tim. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll maybe, I'll maybe leave it there. Um... What was the, so what was your final score after your five games? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, man. Like, I honestly can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Do you want to um, take a wild guess? Do you want to put some ballpark figure on there? Do you know it? Are you I, genuinely, I genuinely don't. Ah, fuck. I mean, okay, so we got zero. And then I think I got like 16 or 18 against Fraz. Uh, let's see. Let's say like 40. Fuck it. Let's say 40. That's all right. 40 points. That's shit. Let's not beat about the bush. <laughs> I've, I've been at a few events where I've not even scored 40, so like, pff, I'd, I'd take I that had, I had a, I had a fun time. It's also kind of funny because it was the first time meeting James, Brady, and David in the flesh. So it's the first time you met James? Yeah. So it's kind oh, of funny really? where it's wow. like... Because they're all huge. They're not, not in width, but in, in height, you know? Um, they're just massive guys, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like tiny, you know. 
Um, so that was fun, and it was really great that these guys came over, and not only those guys, but you know our, our friends beyond the border down south as well. Um, really great to just see everyone again. You know, it's been far too long. But yeah, cool. summary: I done shit, but I had a good time. Right, yeah. Paolo, fucking come and tell us how well you did. Yeah, I had a I had a good weekend. <laughs> 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 so um. Originally, I think it was Nick that was down to play Ernestus, and unfortunately, he had to pull out like a few days before the event. So I played Ernestus, and given that he's obviously a new player and he was literally using my army, it was quite a good matchup for me. Um, <laughs> you would just decide, well, you know, you've got a lot of range, I'm just going to push everything at you. So he basically just pushed everything at me, so I pushed back, and it went very well. Um, so I got 20 points. And then game two, I played James and his vampires. And I played against Andrew's vampires enough to know that you can't let shooters <laughs> get in and around you. So I basically just played the range game because I knew I ranged them. So that w- seemed to work as well. I was quite fortunate. My shooting and magic was quite strong in the first few turns. So he really didn't have any space to try and get round. It was um, diagonal deployment as well. It wasn't as good for him. So he basically just got pushed off the objective and um, couldn't really get any sort of points. So I think I got 16-4 against James. James came yeah. over like on turn three and he said, this is bollocks, you've played him too much, he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just makes such a fucking difference. We actually know how to play against certain matchups. <laughs> like it sounds so silly, but like, like playing against games and losing, like you just learn so much more that way than just you know stumbling into games and doing yeah. all right. You just remember how things operate that much better. So, um, then I played Boxy and his double Alpha Carnalist, and um, so. He basically had like two Alpha Carnal characters, three units of knights, and then two units of skinks that had um, some caimans in, and then he had like two units of Ramphodons, and that was basically the whole list. And I decided that I was going to drop everything for first because I wanted to try and do kind of what I did against James and just try and have a strong front line and then pick units and just put on my magic and shooting onto that one unit and just try and wipe things off. Yeah. Um, so turn one, that's what I did. He put his both alpha cardinals behind a hill on one side of the table. Uh, so turn one, I moved up, took off one unit of knights. I thought, okay, that's pretty good. First turn. Second turn, I took two wounds off one alpha cardinal. Um, and he was still quite a ways away. So I was like, oh, this is actually this is going pretty well, considering. And then on his turn two, he decided, right, I'm going to declare a 12-inch charge with one alpha. And an 11-inch charge with the other alpha onto my Merkvitz. And I was like, right, okay. I think he also declared, like, a charge with his knights who were also on the hill. So they had a reroll. And ironically, the knights with a rerollable, like, seven or eight failed. And both Carnos made it. <laughs> Fuck. So I was like, well, that's problematic. Because um, they're dead as fuck now. Fortunately... <laughs> fortunately I had a counter charge onto one alpha into the flank, like into its flank with my bruiser block, um, which was good, but it meant exposing my shaman, yeah, which wasn't ideal. But I managed to pop that alpha, 
at that point though, like because he had basically rolled one flank, it, it was just damage control really. Um, and I got a bit desperate on the other side. Like I declared like a nine or a ten swift strides charge with the Tuskers onto like one of the Ramphaton units and failed it. And then they got double charged by both units. I still managed to win that combat somehow, so that wasn't too bad. But like, I think it ended up being like an eighteen-two, nineteen-one or something like that. I think I only got like a two or three points out of that game. If that, Oof. I think I think you got the secondary. So that was a big that was a big hit. And then game four, uh, I didn't play. Um, unfortunately, because public transport in Scotland was shite, Ernestus yeah. couldn't get to round four in time. So I sat out just keep the numbers even and then last game he turned up so i played shane and his undying dynasties and he was rocking like the triple sphinx terracotta list and i just basically did what i did in the other games just try to make as much of my range as possible before going into combat and it worked pretty well killed one sphinx on one uh just with like the poison and, and the thaumaturgy magic and then fucking hell to well, I mean, it's like res eight is great, but you know, poison, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then he pushed up, I did some more wounds with range, didn't kill anything else though. And then turn three, I was charging him, and I just was feeding. He had like the big, um, what's the elite guys in special called? Uh, Tim Guard. Tim no. Guard. No. Ne- Necro Guard. Necro Guard. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he had like a big scaly block of them, my characters, and they were buffed to fuck. So I just fed them small points all game, and they didn't really see combat with anything. Um, and I think I got another 15 or 16 out of Shane, because I got the second okay, as well. Good going. So yeah, it was a good good turnout. So I think I ended on 54. Nice. Um, and the game in hand. Was, yeah, so that was that was definitely like the best I had done at a tournament. So I was really really happy, um, and everyone was lovely. Like I, as I said to you before, like all those games I played were all against like really monster heavy lists, and I just had a lot of good tools to deal with single models, um, which is basically what gave me the wins. So I was quite fortunate in that sense. GG man. Yeah, that was good. Go on. Yeah, so um, will we go through the winners? Yeah, go through the winners, and then we'll talk a wee bit about the uh, the lists. Yeah, so coming in first, so there was only a at this tournament because it was a fairly small tournament. We only had first place prize, best painted, and best sport. So first place was Danny in the Sylvan Elves. He did really well. Well done, Danny. I think he he cracked seventy points. You're welcome. Best sport went to Brady. Uh, best sport was it's one of these things like I think there must have been like ten people that all got like a best sport nomination and then there was only two or three that got like multiple best sports and he just pinched it. I think David's one of the other Irish guys. I think he got a couple of votes, but Brady got three. I think that's. I don't believe that David got best sport votes. We <laughs> <laughs> just voted oh. for himself, you know. <laughs> Twelve. Uh, I mean, it's not impossible. And then best army went to <laughs> Matt and to his Infernal Dwarves. Like, Matt seems to win a lot of his Infernal Dwarves when it comes yeah. Like, they're a lovely army, but I almost felt obliged to vote for someone else. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> like, share the love. But um, there, were some, there were some really nice painted armies, actually. 
um, there were a few people that were definitely in the run for that. I thought pretty pretty happy. So like that was probably the biggest. Um, what would you say? Biggest surprise or biggest kind of like shock was that Mark Greensill actually won on points. He actually had the most points. Um, I think he was on like table two, table three, two and one, like for most of the tournament. Like he did really well across all his games. But unfortunately, he took a minus 10 pin hit because his elves weren't fully painted. So, Okay, so I feel like it would be remiss not to discuss this, but what was the reaction to that decision? Because obviously it was a big one. Yeah, so I kind of was like, when I realised this, I kind of was like, wow, that's going to be pretty shit for him. So I actually went over and spoke to him before I, I made the announcements, just so that he wasn't like yeah ex- expecting to to get the, the trophy and feel like he had just been like, screwed over so i had gone over to him and said look you've actually won the event but because of that penalty hit you're going to come second not first and he was fine with it i think like i kind of explained to him like you know you've like your dragon's lovely and you've got some lovely bases yeah, and yeah. your paint your painting's really good but you've got two or three units where none of the heads are painted, none of the hair is painted, it's just primed plastic, so like that's why you've taken the hit. And he was fine. Like I think for him, knowing that he had done really well was like the biggest kind of reward almost. And knowing that he had basically yeah. won the event was like at that point it was fine. Like, you know. He's a good yeah, he was a top Mark guy. Well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun yeah. when he came out as well the night before. Um yeah, he's really good cool guy. Yeah, he's he's not he's not gamey at all. Like he's really polite and just friendly and just and nice that's the thing is, Yeah, but that's the thing as well, right? I mean it's like you know, it's like you sign up to the event, you read the tourney pack, you know what you're signing up for. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, well it's, it's you know, like it's very easy to be in his position and be arsy about like, oh we'll have one, you know, and then it's like, yeah, but we know we did have the tourney pack thing. So hats off for you know reacting as best as anyone could yeah no, absolutely. um if i'd said to him and he would have came across a bit salty like i wouldn't have felt bad like i wouldn't have been annoyed i would have been like no i get yeah, you would have not get, got it you know like you would have got yeah. it yeah for sure and i think um, in the future like i've always tried to keep the pack fairly con- like as concise as possible because yeah. no one likes to read like a three and four page document like it should be pretty oh, we clear. know we know so, well yeah as in the pack was it was an often uh, reply to people who had questions in the past, but like I think with painting, I think the the detail in the pack needs to be more like clear because generally yeah. like it was basically three colors minimum. The entire model has to be painted. So like in his case, he had like his elves were based, all the robes and like you know the armor and like weapons were painted, but because the heads weren't painted in my book, that's not a fully painted model. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and, it's, the, yeah. and the primer color doesn't count in my book as a color. Yeah, that's so. the thing because, like, I even noticed, I noticed this in Nordcon, right? Because in the Nordcon pack, which I guess we'll get to, so this is like a preemptive seg- segue. You have that. It it almost seems to me now like a copy pasta. That right? see you that have, thing in the Nordcon pack. That's, that's from ours, or no? That's the Ninth Age released that years yes. ago. Years ago, yes. that was Blondie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you notice this in so many packs, but it's like you're totally right because you hear like the minimum three, and if you're rushing to get stuff done, it's like right, well, okay, I put these three colors on and I'm I'm fine. But I agree, there's definitely maybe some worth in kind of like, at least for our events, like clarifying that, where it's like 
yeah, like, sure, we have the minimum of three colours, but the whole thing needs to be painted. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I think that's something we'll maybe put more effort into in the in the future, but... Like, it's unspoken, but, you know, you know what these angry virgin nerds are like, so we need to be like, no, here's where it is specified in Clause 59 of Article 2. Yeah, I mean, like, most, most people are totally fine with it, and most people would ask in advance, but yeah, it's, it's sure. nice just for that to be as clear as possible. So, yeah, for, as I say, fortunately... Yeah, like fortunately, Mark was totally fine with it, which was good. So, um, what a guy! Yeah, and to be and to be fair to Danny as well, like I think I actually voted Danny as one of his armies for best painted because I actually thought his was really nice. Um, his Sylvans I thought were really good. Mm, they were nice. But yeah, no, that was the tournament. It was really good. Uh, thanks yeah, to everyone who came up. It was a great weekend. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Come up again. Can't wait to have you. Sounded really sarcastic. Yeah, I did. I'm serious. I'm serious. We all had a great time. Come back. Love you lots. That kind of thing. No, it was. It was. It was lovely to see everyone, and what an effort as well from like the Irish guys to come over and yeah, and boys to come up. Right, that was. Yeah. That was really cool of them to do that. And uh, yeah, again, an Englishman wins one of our tournaments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, has a Scottish person won any of the events that we've ever run before? I don't think they have. No. No, I'm struggling to think. It's all going to change next year. Just wait. I mean, a couple the... couple seconds, but never. Seconds. You've won the best painted. Mm, yeah. Um. So we've won yeah. things like that. But I don't think anyone's. That was like an early event as well. On... Yeah. Was that <laughs> Before like... the competition got up there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So before we go into Nordcon, then, uh, what were the kind of big takeaways from the event, the lists, your own lists? I think for me, like one of the big takeaways was that um, having a strong range component in my list seems to really suit my playstyle. Okay. Which is why I kind of doubled down on it. Well, part of the reason why I doubled down on it for my Nordcon list was just because I'm quite mm-hmm. a, a reactive player. Um, and I like to play quite defensively. Still being able to put pressure on from range is, just makes that a lot more um, easier to still compete in the game. Because yeah. like when you play warriors, you can't do that unless you've got like an uber magic phase. So I think um, for me, having certain things in the list going forward, like I I look at like the two sticks of bombardiers, like they're almost auto include for me. That's interesting. Uh, okay. Like just even I'm not expecting them to like win me games, but certainly like knowing that they put out enough damage that I can clear chaff, which means my magic can do something else. Yeah. Or if I want to, I can put multiple things onto one unit and really like put pressure on someone. I think um, it's really nice. So it's something that I'm enjoying in the list. So that's probably like the biggest takeaway from me from that event. What about you guys? What about you, Michael, in your Empire list? Because I think I quite like that list. As you say, we yeah, so did I. I think it's quite good. Um, I mean, I think the thing is, like, I didn't run the most like optimized version like i think there's a lot of fun you can have with it kind of like if you were taking that list further and developing it further i think you need to approach the character selection for empire much more like lateral mindedly because i think it would really benefit from like what you see the warven hold players do you know when you take like the five thanes and stuff because I think you want a lot of cheap shit characters with the Imperial Guard, which is acting independently from the like the generals unit. Originally, you had you had double marshal, didn't you? 
Yeah, I think played. it originally had like two, two or three, and a wizard. I think it worked well, but the issue is, it's like you want to be like, right, I have too many characters for you to bother about taking out, or you bother taking them out, and then I'm getting all my rank and file to attack back. You know, strength six, AP three, and I think as well, like you know, you're you're banking on like the dis- the discipline nine. I think one one idea I had was like to give somebody the crown who wasn't obviously the general. But then you gave the other guys, like, stuff which was also important. So you maybe had, like, a crystal ball on one. You maybe had, like, a scroll on one. So when your opponent did get into combat with them, it wasn't a case of, like, okay, I removed him and I've removed all of your nice toys. It's like, no, you need to think, like, what do you want to remove? Oh, so you um, mean, like, even if you kill the general, there's still a unit that has, like, a high discipline? Well... Yeah, there. exactly. So the so the yeah. unit discipline is still like a ten, for instance. Yeah, and it's also right. just that way where it's like, you know, you're not, you don't have all your points in the one basket, right? It's like if you're is that not is what allocating will attacks. What's that? Sorry. Is that not what will happen? Because like a marshal's like 160 points, right? So if you got two of them in there, even minimum, and if you give them like the ball, that gets very expensive, no? Not. I don't think it really does because. You're 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 keeping the unit. The unit is where like all the points are, and it is that way. I found where it's like opponents look at it and they're like, "All right, I want to remove stubborn," but then you've got five guys. I need to go through. They all have like at least a two up, three up. I mean, it does add up. I see what you're saying, but I honestly, I think if you kind of spread the points about it, it's like depending on how well you do, you're not going to really be losing everything. Okay. Which is the bigger picture. Because the idea is given... that the Imperial Guard operate independently from everything else, right? Yeah, so the idea is you have like the night bus. So you have a BSB marshal um, and you have a night commander, so you're general in that unit. Yeah. And you want this kind of like, almost like an empire battalion to operate on its own. So you have a parent unit and some support units. So in this case, I had um, a unit at light infantry. Which is only Discipline 7, admittedly, but that's why you would be using the Unity Banner to pop on Steadyman's for Cold-Blooded, which quite drastically increases your Discipline checks. Yeah. But, you know, it all falls apart if you lose a parent unit. So you want to be building in a lot of character redundancy to maintain um, Stubborn. And, again, that's, that's kind of what I've found, like, not even recently, but, like, kind of trying this kind of idea, like even just putting like Essence of Mithril on a wizard, people are like, oh, that's a two-up, like, mm, do I want to waste you know, like three or four guys into that little dude, or do I want to kind of try and rank up combat res from hitting your unit, so um... Stop putting your wizard in combat, <laughs> I think it's particularly <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like yeah, Where was I mean, your? I mean, your mage, your in that list, your mage was was on foot, right? So was he generally in the handguns or behind the? No, the he, was, Imperial he was in the guard? Imperial Guard. Right, he was okay. in the Imperial Guard because he he also is like a stubborn buffer. But you're right. right. Okay. Maybe if, maybe if it's his turn before combat, I'll pop him out behind. I, I I see where you're going with it. I think there's something to it. But yeah, I think in instances like that, just knowing that I'm going to like if you're not planning on charging it, and you just you're just trying to be charged. But you're obviously trying to keep these buffs going, then yeah, you can just pop him out the turn before and be like, charge me. I'm probably yeah, still going to yeah. be stubborn, etc. I wonder, like, yeah, I th- if it's kind of like Andrew's list with the dragon in the sense that although your general is independent and you have that flexibility in the list whereby he can go off and either get points or 
if everything goes really bad, they can fuck off and you can keep the points alive. Yeah. I want. I wonder if the list works better when that unit basically just supports the main line, which has your handguns, support units, and the IG in it. Where it's like you can come in and get stuck on the IG, but then you've got the counter charge with the night bus who can break ranks and stuff like that because they've got three of their own, yeah. etc. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what I found was like, and I think this is why I used the word schizophrenic for describing the list because. I did find in some games that I'm like, okay, I'm going to just keep the night bus back. So I've done mm-hmm. this against Fraz, for instance. And yeah, like then at some kind of like juncture, I did push with it. But it was only, it was dependent on other things going well. And so I think it was kind of interesting in that way because it's like, you see this night bus and you're like, right, that is going to be going on its own. It doesn't give a shit. It's fearless, blah, 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 blah. But actually, I think you can kind of like bamboozle your opponent by just being like, yeah, I'm just kind of going to sit here. And like I, I think in one game I had it behind a building, like I think I was against Fraz. Like I just had it hidden from like his shooting, because he had those like bolt throwers on like the chariots. Oh yeah. And so I'm just like, okay, I'll just I'll just hide here, and none of, none of them could hit it. I think there's something to be explored further. You know, you have a really independent main unit, and then you have like another kind of, I, as I say, this kind of like battalion thing. When I ran it against Europe, it was more for scoring because I really think Empire really struggles yeah. with scoring because you you're disciplined seven across the board. You know, you really do rely on buffs. But then I was kind of thinking about cold blooded and parent support unit. You know, I'm insignificant if my support unit flees through my parent unit. I don't care. I was thinking like, right, well, you could try and use that to have a component of your army which is just for scoring, and that's really what I was wanting to play about with. But yeah, I mean, I think the other end of it is that, you know, you spend so much making that parent and support unit that then you don't really have a lot that can support, like, the the arm of the list, which is meant to be raking up points. Yeah. Mm. Because in that list there, what I had was, like, the night bus and two units of writers. So and in the night like, bus, you had the night commander and you had a prelate? Yeah, prelate and a BSB marshal. Right, Did you have okay. a stank in that list, Michael? There's a stank as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was like, that was you... generally that was generally hanging around with the the other half of the list, right, with the IG and stuff. I think generally, yeah, uh, because again, like you know, you're going from like advanced fourteen to eighteen with the order, so it's by and large just dwarfing how far the the stank is going. But that's the issue you run into, right? Like use the chaff, and then it's like, right, I'm kind of like. I, my opponent's whim because he can just chaff me all he wants hmm. or um so i as a, as again i say like i think there's something to be you know ironed out there i think definitely looking at lists going forward like just having a cheap parent and at least one support unit which is doable right it's just a bit it's a bit chancy dicey because of the little discipline I think having like a little bit like that just for breakthrough, just for scoring, is yeah. not a bad idea. I've often thought yeah. that for Empire, like because you can get things like the the prelate on the altar for the bigger bubble, or your marshal on the griffin. I've often thought it would be really good if you could put a marshal BSB on a griffin because I feel like the reroll for Empire is far more important than the the big bubble. Yeah, I would agree. It would just allow you to play because you can do things like putting your cold blooded order on, so your actual raw discipline doesn't matter that much. Had can you get a bubble. banner for Empire that, that boosts the BSP range to eighteen? No, no only it's only the general. Um, general. 
Yeah. Oh, is it only inspiring presence? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's the thing because, like, often I would play like I did notice this a lot on UB. Like, people would have like one unit just for like breakthrough, and I was like, well, what what would the Empire version be? Five but then I did the knights. Yeah, and I mean, I took that for Nordcon, right? Um, yeah. To try that out, but like otherwise, it's like you're just too flaky, really. Like. You know, you you take a you take a unit of demis, but then there's so many points for something which is just yeah. you're not really using, and then when you do use it, it totally whiffs. Or kind of like I was trying, like you just invest so many points into something which you you want to be using, but then you can't because it will probably just fold because you're you're propping it up with like the bare minimum natural properties of the unit, like stubborn or parent support. You know, you don't have your general or BSB in your bag. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a bit of a rant, but um, but yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, and it does tap into like an observation for Nordcon, which I had by the end of it, which I guess we'll get to when we talk about that. But yeah, right. a lot of fun. A lot of fun overall. What did you think of your list, Andrew? Obviously, you had said like the the revenant and the the hunters were the kind of new thing that you wanted to try. Yeah, the hunters were all right because like you don't really expect much of them, but the the revenant I really want to like him, but he's just not good. Why is like, he not good? Well, one he's not autonomous, so he needs to operate within the bubble mm. in order to march, and the five up ward save is just not enough to guarantee his safety because he's really hard to heal because he's only healing one health point every time you target him, mm-hmm. uh, and he's res five with a five up and. Like it was, it was stuff like ice and fire and things like just like lots of strength four shit that would just take yeah. him off. And in combat, he's not reliable enough to stick. He's very whiffable because he's only got three attacks: offense, defense, four. The revenants only got four attacks, and it's just you're hitting stuff on fours too much, too often. So all it takes is that one whiff, and then you crumble a couple wounds, and then you're dead, and then that's you. I mean, you were obviously yeah. like, um, you were constrained by points because he was kind of he, the rest of the list was pretty set right so you were trying to squeeze him in i wonder if yeah, like yeah. if you had the points to maybe like stick paired weapons on him or something else just to give him that little He's bit so better you can't actually yeah. take that the only upgrade you can take is uh, a great weapon you can't take any magical equipment the only upgrades you can take is uh, an enchantment on the great weapon or hand weapon so he doesn't get a paired weapon option doesn't get paired weapons that's weird isn't it I think it's because he's standard AP ten, so they didn't want to give him mm-hmm. four attacks, offensive five, strength four, AP ten. But they're happy to give him plus two strength. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I mean the Felwraith yeah. is a really problematic character in the Vampire. He's probably actually the only problematic entry in the entire Vampire book mm. because he just doesn't do enough to justify selection. Like, even as chaff, like, if you're going to take that, you take Banshees, because Banshees can counter other chaff. So he was really underwhelming, despite the fact that I like him. And I used him again at the weekend when we were playing in Bathgate and mm-hmm. in both games. Like, I was using him to hold units for a turn and then it just expecting them to die. Like, right. and that, and you, I mean, the vampires are not lacking those kind of units. So there's no point taking a character to do that job. And how many points was he? He's super cheap. Like I think the way I had him at War of the North was just with a, a great weapon and the cleansing light upgrade. Yeah. And I think he was like 285 points, something like that. 
that's that's more than another unit of hunters, right? Well, yeah, this is it. And uh, like yeah. a lot of the time, I was like, he's not actually doing anything better than them. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, so I could either take another unit or boost that unit of five up to unit of ten, and then they actually become quite scary in combat. Before you you put him and the hunters in, what did you have in the list? What did uh, they replace? What What did I have I originally? I mean, that list. I mean, I've been playing that list for about over six months, actually since January. So it's gone through a lot of iterations. But was it I the had, coach? Um, so the coach was in, and then he was out, and then he was back in for this one. I had. I tested it with units of vampire knights. Ah, uh, um, yeah, okay, maybe it was the knights. I'm thinking of. Yeah, at various points, I tried spirit hosts and spot, uh, not spawn, uh, giant bats and things like that. Ironically, the the points that I was playing around with was like 465 points, which is exactly the, the amount that a dark coach is. That's a that's so a good chunk. In, yeah, like so, I could have put another dark coach in, which probably would have been better because the dark coaches are actually really good. Um, but I just didn't have another model. Do you not have one two coaches? Have. No, I've only got one, and it was expensive. I don't really want to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had two for some reason. But yeah, I mean, the the list is really good, and I feel that that, that those results weren't particularly representative either, because I know the list works, because be, we've been playing like the Celtic League yeah. and stuff that's been doing really well. Uh, and there was a couple of points that across the games where I just like I just didn't get that little bit of luck that you need. And and was um, that all it was? It wasn't like the type of lists people were bringing that it didn't suit your. your I mean, against like Danny, like that, I didn't really clock. I don't have enough mass damage output to hurt stuff like Dryads or, or Trekin. Right. Uh, Dread Elves are a good matchup for me, despite the fact that Fraz <laughs> spanked me nineteen one at the weekend, um, <laughs> because they're so susceptible to all my range and magic. Mm-hmm. The ogres was just Brady just pushed really hard and. There was opportunities for me to turn it on them and it just didn't pay out, so that's fine. Ed was a shit show because it's five war machines and I had to just run the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then and then I got a good matchup against Josh uh, with someone else and I, and I, I won big. So you're like it's, you're talking small margins across all those games. There was none of those games that were like washouts. Yeah, I mean I think to to get a good score in a tournament, like I think when people are scoring like seventy plus points, it's, there is a degree of luck there and that they're turning into matches where they can get points I not, not to take away to, like, from that he was saying that right yeah like not to take away from anyone that does well at a tournament because obviously they're making good decisions and they pay off but like if you're only going to be going into reds chances are you're not going to be getting that many points at the end of day two right like yeah for sure so but cool no but, that oh, sounds good like yeah I, I can't really like I really can't complain. Like it was a bit disappointed at times, but like that's just the way it goes, right? It's not no big deal. And uh it was five class games, like I couldn't have really asked for any more. Great. So yeah, so that was uh one north. Congratulations to Danny for absolutely smashing it. And uh congratulations to, to Mark, I think, because obviously he was the highest scorer, but um just took that penalty. Uh, but took it like an absolute gent. So that's yeah. gonna be next time next time he'll know. He'll get the but no, I think I think Paul was right to do that though, because we've talked about doing that for a long time, and a lot of people yeah. talk a big game about posing penalties and fair play. Yeah, it just never happens, you know. It's like we've all been to events where it's like nobody gives a fuck, and yeah, I I I mean, you know, Martin has very profuse thoughts on this, and yeah, I just think he's right. You know, if you play, if you go to an event and you play somebody, it's just all great. It's like, yeah, what's this like? You know. 
Yeah, which is I not think to it was, say um... that, you know, it's not to say that people born in North were like that, right? But you do go to events where people do have just all grey, and it's like, yeah, why are you not taking like a massive penalty for that? Um, I mean, it should be game changing. I think, you know, if if some people want to run events with like no painting penalties, fair enough. It's your event. You're the TO. You set the line. Whatever. Um, but it's just not something I would I would go to. Um, it just isn't special. It just is not appealing. I think. Awesome. So that was War in the North. Um, and then speaking of great after... hobby <gasps> and a great hobby vey. <gasps> We travel to Denmark. Oh, the Denmark. Here we go. The, the, the Swedish <laughs> Muppet is back. This is this is Michael's go-to uh, Denmark Danish impression the whole weekend it's, we were away. It's very good. Almost it universally can... recognised as Swedish by anyone that heard it. Yeah, but like, do, 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 do. so I mean, I lucked out. You know, you said not to learn Swedish. I learned a little bit, and it paid off. I was able to say hello. I yeah, mean, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't pay it off that much. At least not for me. Uh, no, but it was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So Henry P. <laughs> Miller was running the Ninth Age component of the Nordcon event, which is like an annual gaming convention that they have over in Copenhagen. So yeah, it's like a big geekathon, not just yeah. for miniature war gaming, um, but for all things nerdy. There's loads going on. So um, um, he was um, trying to encourage people to go over, and I think Fraz was pretty keen, and I just decided, well, I think that's a good excuse it. to go away. Well, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of said this at the end of the of the weekend, like, it's obviously expensive. Like, it's more expensive than going to, like, another event, yeah. but really what you get for your money is is a lot Much more. Much more. Yeah, we, we, a proper we did have a really good... We had yeah. a really good chat about this, not just us two, but also with like Henry throughout the throughout the weekend. Too long didn't read. I would be prioritizing these types of events because I feel like if you add a day or two on either side, it it doesn't feel like you're rushing so much and you're kind of actually having a good break and time away with like these games. You know, I mean, it's the reason you go, right? But you also get to like see somewhere new, experience something new. So it was a total win-win to go. And yeah, it was really... But I guess we can get into that. We can get into that. Yeah. Um, what was the idea of the, the, the tournament? Was it special? Because I didn't go to this, so I'm I'm going to take a back seat now. But yeah, was it special scenarios, special packs? So the, the, the event itself, so it's two-day event, 4,500 points. Um, the format for the weekend was it was very similar, although slightly different in that they have slightly longer rounds. So it was three and a half hour rounds. Mm-hmm. And I think generally speaking, I don't know if it was just for this particular event or if it's just a general point, but I would say that the hobby aspect seemed to be promoted a little bit more um, because this, the overall standards of army was really good. Yeah. And it was generally just a very kind of chilled, relaxed kind of vibe. Unfortunately, Nordcon that this year was at the same weekend as another Ninth Age event. Um, I don't know why, but people uh, arranged a, a Ninth Age event up in Jutland on the same uh, weekend. I, th- I think it's pronounced uh, uh, Jutland. 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 And I think they had like 40 or so players go to that. Yeah. So 
I don't think Nordcon in, in terms of the ninth age event was as busy, but they still pulled in like 30 players. So that just, yeah. I mean, ninth age is pretty big in Denmark. So that was pretty cool to see. I mean, I think the issue was like inadvertently the day for the Jutland um, tournament was agreed. But then I think Henry was telling us that like Nordcon takes place the same like weekend every year. So I think there was just maybe like an oversight in that regard where it was like, oh, actually, that's actually like the Nordcon weekend. We don't fucking know, right? Henry will clarify it on his podcast, um, Amertime Podcast. Please check out Casimir and uh, Henry's podcast. You can send me some Danish krona afterwards, Henry. <laughs> but yeah, it's all big crowds. Still like the biggest event there in terms of miniature wargaming. Yeah. Um, so just a bit more insight into like the actual convention itself. So it took place in a kind of Danish, it was like a sports hall meets a kind of like events, a venue. And we were in like this huge basketball space indoors. And the room or the hall rather was divided into three. So on like one end you had um, like a 40k event, a horse heresy event. Um, in the middle you had us as like the ninth agers. So as Paul said, like up to 30 players are around there, I think. Um, I think there was a couple of people who pulled out last minute, so I think we were just below 30. Yeah, I think we were about... like 28 day yeah. one and about 26 on the second day. And then, was and a then Fraz couple of had to fast. pull out. I mean, fuck me, I don't know. That, you know anyway. um, and then, I wonder why. Uh, and then on the other end, you had, I can't even remember what the game was. I, I, I think it was maybe um, like a day, well. Over the course of the weekend, there was like a ton it of different changed. war game systems. Because yeah. day two, it was like a war machine event. That's right, um, yes. and then I think there was the also side... there was also like a Kings of War one day. They might have been yes, on the that's, Saturday. That's correct. So it was it was interesting because Ninth Age was a two day thing, but the other ones seemed to be predominantly like one day things. And along the side of this hall, you had like some kind of like D and D one shots, which was really cool. Yeah, they had and some D and D and some Pathfinder. Yes. Yes, and then upstairs you had like the kind of main room of the convention, which was quite small, but it was like you know you had like cosplayers, you had like all these really retro arcade game systems, so mm-hmm. things like Nintendo sixty four, but also these like huge games which you would find in an actual arcade. It was really cool, like it was so nice. We also got a wee goodie bag of some t shirts and stuff, but it was stellar. It was really cool. And another That's cool nice thing touch. about it was, yeah, and it felt like. What was really cool and what I really rated was like it it was it was open to like everyone to come in, like as you would expect for a convention. But even for the tournament part, so you had a lot of people from the street kind of coming in and just like going about the tournament hall and like looking at games, which I thought was like a really oh, great cool. expo yeah. for it. Um so people could come up and be like, Oh yeah, like what's this? And there's always that your like steam tank kind of thing. And so I used to play this game, blah blah blah. Like so I think it was really, really good. Um, I think it was a, definitely some inspiration for like if we were ever running like another kind of like um, expo show and tell kind of table um, or just event in general. But yeah. Um, so is the, so Henry... is the event like advertised publicly so people can just like come in off the street and walk around while the game? Yeah, I think or... so. So like Nordcon is like is run every year by the same group of people. So they basically like organize the whole event and then you've like in terms of like the the wargaming events they basically approach individuals and say will you run 
yeah. a forty k tournament as part of our bigger event. So like when we pay our ticket to attend, we're paying for our ticket to the tournament, but we also get a ticket for the whole thing. And that yeah. was why we got like the goodie bag that had like a t-shirt and some little freebies and stuff in it. And they provided like all the tables for all the games, all the mats, the terrain and stuff it was partly through them. And, and I think partly with some like um, gaming groups gaming and stuff clubs, like Gaming clubs, yeah, nearby, yeah. So like, um, oh, yeah. it was quite cool in that like, although Henry was running the event, like he didn't really need to worry about that side of it. He just turned up and had to make sure the tables yeah. were set up and they were appropriate for our game system. But at the end of the two days, all the players basically helped pack everything up and it was the North Common yeah. group that took everything away again. Yeah. Um, so it was quite different in that sense, which was quite cool because obviously like this is like an annual thing. And so they've invested all this like time and money into things like a bunch of gaming tables, like maps and 2D terrain and, and stuff like that. So it was quite impressive. Yeah. And we arrived on the Friday, but actually like the convention was already running from that week before. So I remember reading that, like, I think, I can't remember if it started as early as the Monday, but every day there was something going on. So there was, like, different kind of, like, demo games, different kind of, like, yeah, things to come and get involved in. So it's actually quite a big venture in terms yeah. of, like, an expo thing, because the things we usually have here are, like, one-day, two-day things. Yeah, this was also and, very family-friendly, I noticed. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like, I know things like... Like things like Carinade and stuff like that tend to be quite, you know, there's a lot of kids and younger people that go, but it still feels like a very certain yeah. demographic. Whereas this, it was like young families, just, it was just kind of like a thing that was on to people to, to go and enjoy. So even yeah. if you weren't gamers, it was like, oh, there's that convention on, let's go check it out type of thing. Yeah. Okay. And I, yeah, I, that, that was like so cool to see though. People felt they could come in and just walk about the tables and just kind of watch games it, it was really cool but that, that also lends itself to the to the vibe of the tournament generally which was very chill and very relaxed and yeah i mean i think even speaking to henry about it like afterwards like like everyone was just like super cool and this was this even came across in the best sports which is quite similar paul to like the warner north situation where it was like i think even henry said it's like yeah kind of like everyone got at least one nomination yeah so, yeah so the people good. who won it wink wink it was like they they just pulled ahead in a couple. yeah it was notable that like i don't know if you noticed this michael but like a lot of the people that were playing were like kind of like m more mature yeah like it wasn't yeah. like i think in i think in the post post people <laughs> <laughs> yeah my generation and older but like i think when you go to like ninth age events it tends to be dominated in this country at least it tends to be dominated by people in like their early 20s whereas here it was like i would say by and large the average age was probably like early 30s to like 40s it was almost like a generation later okay. but there was there was no like um gaminess like there wasn't like no, oh, there's there that no, yeah like the regard i mean i'm not sure if i agree in the age but I, I i mean there were some people like i know what you mean then because it was a bit smaller maybe it kind of stands out a bit more but yeah there was definitely no gaminess um, I think everyone I, think, I played was at least my age or older, and I would uh, say that doesn't necessarily happen in the UK. Henry's Henry's grouping the oldies together. Maybe that's what it is. All all he the knew, all the good ninth knew, age players are just a little bit more mature. He knew that you would all be at the a similar pace. You know, they don't want young ones coming in and moving too fast, and you know all that stuff. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and I think as well, like, on account of there being no gaminess, like, I mean, this was kind of, kind of funny, like, I think part of that was down to, like, the Yotland tournament, because I, I think Henry was saying that a lot of them were kind of, like... Competitive people? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to that one. Yeah. Um, which was lucky for us, because, you know, we were hanging day one. <laughs> quite, quite quite awfully uh and then day two once we kind of came to our senses it was like right let's just have a chill like day two of the event yeah. um but yeah overall like it was a really fab event thank you so much henry for like inviting us um i'll definitely be for my part very very keen to go again overall really fab event really fab time away yeah awesome awesome so let's talk about the, the nuts and bolts then Yes. So, what were your lists going into, especially off the back of uh, War in the North? And were War you going in, in with yeah. any kind of expectations or anything like that? Yeah, like, I mean, I was conscious that this event was like a month after pretty much War in the North. So, initially, <laughs> so I was you changed thinking, your like, list and was like, how much can I paint? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think I think there's a good, there's a good, I'm happy I pushed myself to do that, though, because initially I was like, right, I can get this i can bring this list as it is right i maybe just need to add on a couple of weapons and whatever but then i was like you know what i do really want to be pushing to play with like really 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 infantry heavy lists in the new year now that we can play in person so i was happy that i pushed myself to change up a bit to afford for that because then it meant like okay i need to paint that and we, we we've said this a lot like there is no painting motivation like tournament painting yeah. motivation so I think that was totally the best call for me. I'm really happy I'd done that. Um, but I changed my list up slightly. So instead of the big knight bus, um, I had like a small unit of knights for scoring. So five knights, knightly orders, um, lances, shields, full command, and um, banner of discipline. So this is really just like scoring, right? Yeah. Um, one up, fairly sturdy at discipline eight as well. So a lot of people didn't appreciate that. They're like, okay, these guys are fleeing. It's like, nope, no, they're not. They're actually pretty solid. My main line. <laughs> you roll the dice and you're like, oh, yep, they are moving. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I actually continue the trend from Warren in the North, which I've now just remembered, of like making really, really great fucking discipline rolls. Like, I mean, even in, even in terms of like, okay, you're sticking on a four and I would make the four or a three. Like, yeah, I, I really did luck out pretty, <laughs> quite, quite, quite well. Uh, this event, but I don't um, mind that. Empire deserved that. <laughs> I will wait till the next event, and then I, like everything's off by like turn three or something. But yeah, so the rest of the list, I retained the like twenty-five Imperial Guard, great weapons, full command, banner of unity. So it's an order multiplication banner. I had again the unit of fifteen uh, light infantry. So these guys had handguns, same as War in the North. Musician, standard bearer with the marksman's pennant. So that's the no stand and shoot penalty. And what I had instead of like the big night bus, so with the, the points left over, I had two units of heavy infantry with sword and board, full command. Uh, so these guys are, you know, offensive, defensive three, but they've got parry, five up save. Um, I had two units of militia, which was, again, I forgot to mention this, but they were also in the War in the North list. Um, and otherwise, I kept the two mortars, I kept the stank, kept the two units of writers, brace of pistols, and then all my heroes were on foot this time. So I had the same wizard, so wizard master cosmology with the heirloom and um, essence of mithril for a two up save. 
I had a prelate and then I had two marshals, so one VSB and one general. You know, I, I think I had the imperial plate, so I had like discipline 10 on the general. And I think that was pretty much... Oh, I also had a unit of flagellants. I had 20 flagellants. So I would usually have the stank kind of holding down one side and then the flagellants on the other. But yeah, that was my list. And as I say, like I changed it up a bit because I wanted to get some kind of like heavy infantry done. And I think it was the right call because like... Whilst I didn't manage to get them like entirely done, like all of the colours apart from like one were down. So yeah, I'm happy I done it because again, like yeah, you paint for tournaments really. Like Yeah, gives you that motive. And it was also good as well because like I I mean this is something of like an aside, but like I've mentioned this before, I think predominantly off camera, but my knights are well, or sorry, were up until now the foundry uh, mounted gendarmes? Yeah. Gendarmes or whatever. These guys Gendarme. are en- entirely metal and they're not hollow so the metal is fucking solid pewter. A unit of 18, so 15 and 3 characters, of solid pewter is so heavy. Yeah. Right? Like, it's such a fucking pain to move on the table. And especially when flying it's like, right, that's quite a lot. It's quite. It, I mean, the plane uh, was struggling to lift off the runway. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in terms of as well, it's like, you know, these are delicate things. They're already falling over. The mag, like three fucking of the bigger magnets can't hold them down. So it's, even if you've got everything magnetized, there's, there's fucking shit for that. Um, so what I did was I changed the horses for the Perry ones. So I've now got the Foundry Knights, which are really great, crisp miniatures. But I have them on plastic horses just to try and give them like a better um, like weight. Those poor, poor horses. <laughs> was, was that the Perry horses, did you say? Sorry, Martin. Hey, Martin. Yeah, Michael. sorry. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> me, what the fuck? Of course, it was the Perry horses. Uh, yeah, it no, was the Perry no, horses. Perry nice. horses. Yeah, Paolo, what did you have? Um, so I kind of ideally would have just taken the same lists, but just because we were obviously having to fly over the Rock Rock Mini is just too tall to really realistically fit in any kind of case and not expect it to break. So I decided to leave monsters at home and I dropped the Rock Rock and one of my Merc vets and I took two cannons instead. So just doubled down on the range damage and I yeah. thought I'd give them a go. Um, and then pretty much the rest of the list was pretty much as is. Big block and core, a couple of darts, bombardiers and the Merc vets and the Tuskers. And then the characters were more or less the same. So yeah, like I was confident enough that I had played enough with the list that I didn't think those changes would have changed really how the list operates. Obviously you don't have the the kind of threat that the Rock Rock brings, but I mean because the cannons double as chariots, even having one like on a flank, it can kinda of hold its own long enough to get help. Like so Yeah. In two of the games I played Beast Herds and in both games they tried I think each cannon basically got into combat with like an ambushing unit of Wildhorn and the Wildhorn couldn't do anything to it. So oh, like yeah. they're yeah. so versatile. Yeah. So like just the the five wounds rise five with a four plus armor like you need you need more consistent damage output to really reliably get through and 
I think in both cases, my mage was nearby, so I could even like buff them. I can get yeah. like Umi up and stuff like that. So it was like I don't really mind like you ambushing behind me because I know like you're not going to break me and I'm going to turn around and you're fucked. Um, so that worked out pretty well actually. Yeah. But yeah, I it was that really hard to play against when when Ed was playing that in the, the league where he had the four ogre chariots. Yeah, because uh, like if you set off, you get shot. But if you push mm-hmm. up, you're having to kind of look down the barrel of four chariots. And unless you've got significant range where you can pick them off, you're basically running the gauntlet or you're going to have to have a decent amount of chaff. Yeah. Which I had, I had neither of. <laughs> it, they're, they're annoying in that you've got to do a lot of work to get rid of them. And certainly for things like a scrapple, which is like less than 200 points, it's like, well, you're not really getting much return for that kind of investment that you have to go yeah. to get rid of them. But yeah, uh, four chariot artillery pieces is bent. Like, I, like double cannons, like, super good, but, like, I, I don't imagine that's going to, like, survive the Ogre book whenever that they get around to doing that. I don't think yeah. That but yeah, that was the list, and I think after the lists came out, like, I was quite happy because <laughs> there was a fucking shit ton of single models kicking about. Yeah, it was it was it was really monster heavy. Like, um, I don't know if that was just a meta thing over there, or because people were kind of doubling down on the hobby. Like, single models tend to be really nice. Like, if they're painted well, like it just is one of the the nicest things about a nicely painted army is they've got really nice big focal models. So, I don't know if that was part of it, but I was certainly happy reading the lists. Like, I thought. This is quite good. Michael, what did you think? Did you read the list? The list. I think we came to the consensus that none of us had led, read the list. So I mean, like we read the <laughs> Paul's, Paul's just trying to look good now. Fuck's sake! I no, like the lists came out and we read them like that well, one night. One of them you couldn't read because it was like I, I will... don't know. I have ten writers, maybe. <laughs> there was and basically. I had perhaps. 15 did you hear about this Andrew? Did you hear this about is this my list? namesake right this, this <laughs> is, so there was a yeah. list there was a list in the tourney pack which I mean Henry will tell the story better but I think Henry was sent a list which was written in Swedish <laughs> um, and it was that. transcribed not even by the guy who sent it but by like a friend of the guy and it was like I don't know like war altar um maybe three units of heavy infantry but no, no <laughs> yeah, size. it was like you know <laughs> and it's like, like and like you might yeah, have <laughs> have a, and then i think it was like the prelate it was like it was like that has it was like has that item um but i remember i remember the writers it was like it was like unit of unit of 10 writers and it's like do you mean you must mean two by five you cannot mean like a unit of 10 you know but yeah, like it was just like that was it, and I don't even think it was fixed. But that was funny. I mean, it was like, what the fuck is this? But it was it was so, funny. That's and, so good. I mean, he took. So I think he. I think he literally took like a million, beat like tournament penalty points or something ridiculous. It was. Yeah, like, I think he did. Bec- yeah, but even then, I actually noticed there was a couple of like list changes which incurred a penalty, like for other people, not just for that list. So that was oh, the thing man. in the pack which got the, <laughs> the penalties, not painting, but um. Late or improper list submission got like minus 10k points. 
So Which I mean, it's is like, the easiest thing to avoid. I don't understand well, exactly, how people fuck this exactly, up every single yeah, time. Like, anyway, it's a source of amusement for us. So thanks. Oh, uh, so to that, good. To that so, player so for that laugh. I do not know. Maybe, maybe hand gun, maybe crossbow. <laughs> Depend on the opponent. <laughs> how how far how far? <laughs> like you're playing highborn elves. It's like okay, I take crossbow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before, like, the, for, day uh, one. for artillery, for artillery, a bring. Okay, what's your artillery? Uh, you have dragon? Yeah, I do have a dragon. Okay, I take one cannon. Oh, wait, I've actually got two dragons. Okay, two cannon. I hope he finds this out and listens to this. <laughs> Oh, God. So that was actually so nicely funny. painted, to be fair. Um, yeah, the one cool thing that they did on day one was like the people that had taken like penalties for like oh, the yeah. lists and stuff. Like Henry makes them down a beer in front of everybody yes. else. Well, it's funny. Like, let's not forget the rules. Like, it was a 10 second countdown, but you had to start <laughs> drinking at three. Uh, like, you know, so like the, the 10 to seven, the 10 to three was the prep, right? So it was getting everyone riled up, and then three to one, you would have to down it. And this guy, I think, started drinking at like nine. Three, maybe. And then what was it at the end of the countdown? They had to like put the beer over their head or something like that if they hadn't no, finished that's it. No, that guy done. No, you had to put, you had to wear the beer hat. You had to wear the, the empty can as a hat, right? But this guy like just poured it on his head, and it's like. <laughs> It's like what? <laughs> uh, I don't think this guy was actually human. <laughs> I think he was I like, to I like to shampoo hair with beer. Very nice uh-huh. sensation. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was good. It was funny. Yeah. It was um a real a real glitch in the matrix moment. Yeah, I can tell. Oh fuck. Uh I don't even know what we're doing anymore. But yeah, there was a lot, a lot of booze. Thanks for <coughs> as well. Henry was actually really great uh, as well because, like, I remember day one, like, he just kept coming around with like beer. Um, he kept running to the shop for people. So shout, shout out to Henry for making us all, making sure we were all watered and fed in the event. Oh, we I heard about the yeah, uh, the sixty-five pound rounds. Oh my god. Oh my god, that was fucking dreadful. I think Michael bought two of those. Uh, yeah. Your your credit card must have taken a hit. I mean, I think I actually spent like between the third and half of my total spendings on that first night. Um, I, I'm I mean I'm prepared to believe it because those rounds were fucking extortionate. Because you, how much did you spend again? You were like, you were like for the whole for the whole four days, like three. The whole four days, yeah. So I was probably like four hundred and. That fucking round, it's that fucking round. Yeah. That extra round on me, like that's fucking like fifty pounds. Like that one round that Henry ordered and then the, the bartender yeah. made and then Henry promptly uh, left without buy. paying. I, <laughs> I mean I do I do forgive Henry now, but um yeah, fucking No wonder he bought me water. Yeah, we were uh, a bit delicate day one, has to be said. Well it's kinda of funny because I remember because Paul and I stayed together and I mean we were we didn't stay out as late as the other guys, but we were, relative to our own capabilities, quite fucked. 
I mean, Paul, Paul is now an old man, right? Like, <laughs> Paul Paul's get a lot of flack for his age. I think this is like Paul, the fifth time Michael's brought this up. I know. No, but I mean, Paul, I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, but you're old as fuck. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't love me back. I don't know now. I don't know. I'm doubting right, our geez. whole relationship. <laughs> but it was funny because, like, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of memories where it's like quite hazy. It's quite like patchy, right? And I remember like getting back. I remember being in bed and like just howling, like howling <laughs> myself to sleep. Like I just was laughing and like chuckle <laughs> and stuff. But then like the next day, or like I think I think I maybe woke up at night and you were. I just heard you like, oh, and get up and go to like the bathroom or something. And then the next day you're like, yeah, I was up and I was sick. And I went, what, really? Oh my god! No, goodness. so I didn't even, so I didn't even get to bed. So you went to bed. Oh yeah, you were just And I was in the, the living couch. room, and I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I went to the bathroom, and I was sick, and then I was like, right, I need to go to bed. So I went to bed, and then the next morning, I think you were conscious of the fact that I was making a lot of weird noises. I think that must have been prior to the vom. Hmm. It was interesting though. It was like, you don't you you see another side to a man when you share a room with him. Yeah, I'm just I'm incredibly really... proud of you both right there. Great, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> and we we always we didn't even set an alarm. And no, we, we were we, we were, were too. Very... Yeah, we me, were too man. like conscious of trying just to get in <laughs> away from the alcohol. <laughs> and uh, like we got in like just on time though. That was quite funny. Like we weren't far from the event, which was great, but we did cut it quite fine. We literally walked in, and it was the event was supposed to start. Fortunately, Henry was also late getting started. <laughs> That's always a good sign with the team. And we, we literally walked in, and the first face I saw was Fraz's, and he was like putting his models out of his like foam bags, getting them ranked up, and he just looked like I'm not okay. <laughs> I I mean, you he looked like okay. he was in, he was in distress that morning. I mean, if that if that happened to me, fuck me, man. <laughs> I'd be calling Amnesty. So, uh, the games. Right, How did they go? <laughs> what? Yeah, they were <laughs> game. Too, too much. Uh, right, I'll go first. I'll try and keep on fucking topic. Right, so, game one, I played Nikolai, uh, who was lovely. He was playing Empire. Pretty cagey game. And basically, I decided, like, turn four, I was going to try and push. It didn't work. And I went down, like, 13... No, I went down 17-3. Basically because I lost the, the bunker with the mage. And that was the biggest point swing, which meant I also lost the second grade because it was hold center. It was really funny, though. Like, he had a steam tank in his list, obviously. And obviously. The, for the whole game, it was just my mage and cannon trying to, like, take off his tank while his tank was trying to take off one of my cannons. And I got it down to one wound, and then he took off the cannon, and then I lost my mage. And um, he decided to charge his one wound steam tank over a wall into a dart of three bruisers. Oh and my I was goodness, like, that's ballsy. Oh, dude, like, you're going you're gonna to fucking die to a wall here with these DTs. Passed them all, went into the dart, killed two of them, and then the one guy killed the stank. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Like, Managed to roll like one six to wound, and then he had a dice cup, and he was like, "Oh, this is gonna do it." And then he put it down and lifted it, and it was a one. And oh. I think the fact that I mean, if it had been like a two or a three, it wouldn't have been as epic. But the fact yeah. that he rolled the yeah. armor save was really funny, and uh, nice. it took it took it really well. Like um, it was a really fun game, and I think he was the other person that kind of effectively drew the best sport. I think he got two yeah, votes, right. two or three yeah. votes, so. 
he was a really nice guy. And then game two, I got paired into some other chump of an Empire player um, called Michael. And oh, yeah, that's me, yeah. That was you, yeah. <laughs> Michael. And, uh, because, it was and, me. And this, at this point, I think me and Michael were a bit like, mm, the hangover is, is definitely real at this point. So we just okay, shook out of yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject briefly, right? I have this problem where like I write lists like a month in advance, and then I don't look at the list until I play. So <laughs> at best, right? My first game is like okay, now I remember what my list does by the end of the game, right? So when Paul and I like matched, it was like thank fucking god because like. <laughs> We hadn't ate. We hadn't even eaten from like the night, like the day before. I no, we were going to. We were going to eat in the airport, but we didn't. They they had stopped yeah, serving or something. Yeah, like stuff. Yeah, it was like stuff. Had, stuff was shutting for some reason, super early, and this was like, you know, this was like six o'clock in the UK, and then we were out until maybe like two, like one or two, I think, in Denmark. Yeah. Then we were up at like half eight. And then, so this is, so that's like game one at like nine. So we're now at like 12 o'clock and we just hadn't ate anything. And I think we just needed that fucking handshake and just go and yeah. get something. We, uh, Pinky uh, promised shook on a, a 10 Oh, we did. That was so funny. Yeah. And then uh, we went for a wee walk in Copenhagen and got a burger. <laughs> well, no, no, that was the thing. That was what that's was funny cute. because like before, before the event, I think we were, I think we just arrived and it's like, just for, you know, shits and giggles, it's like, like. If we get paired into each other, we're going to handshake, right? And we didn't, you know, we didn't give any thought to it. And then as soon as the parents were released, it was like, Michael, Paul, <laughs> handshake. And then it's like, yep, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we needed, we needed food. We, we, needed, we needed that, though. Like, I think we felt so much better game three. Like, oh, just, yeah, for we, sure. We went and had, like, a really nice burger. Um, and we came back and we were just fucking ready. Like, yeah. it was so good. Definitely needed. Definitely yeah. needed. So game okay. three went into playing Beast Herds and a guy called uh, Suna. He was really, really nice. No, um, not Irish Suna, no. No, not Irish Suna, definitely Danish Suna. I mean, he had, um, like, none of the lists, I'd say, were particularly conventional. He was running double Gortac, but he didn't have any Minos. He had, like, a big block of six Razor Toss card, had some ambushing units, and then he had a block of, like, Mongols with spears, and then he had Druidism... And like a great I'm totem better for magic and stuff. Some chariots. And a super bloody game. I think it I got the secondary in that game, which made it like a a fifteen five, I think, or sixteen four. So I got a good win, game three, which was really nice. And then game four, day two, who did I play? I played uh, Thomas and his Warriors. So that was quite good as well. Like for all that we had looked at the lists, like initially when they came out like i never looked at the lists again after that really but it was useful obviously playing against warriors because i just i know what everything does anyway so that made life easier yeah so i basically just sat off tried to shoot shit um and he just pushed at me and eventually we got to combat super bloody game i got the secondary because it was breakthrough and it was diagonal and there were like two pieces of impassable on each corner so i basically just had a dart on each side behind the impassable and it was like you can come and get me or you can just try and draw the secondary. So my goal was really just to kill one of his scoring units and to push three of my darts in and at least get the three-point swing. And I think at the end of the game, 
I only had those three darts left and my bruiser block. Like both characters were dead, everything else was gone. He only had one Doom Lord and one wound, and he had like two barb chief heroes, and everything else was dead. So like it was a really good game, quite swingy. Um, I got a small one. I think it was only like an eleven nine. And then the last game I played Andy, who is also a regular on Hammer Time. He was a really nice guy. He was hanging out with us a lot that weekend. Yeah. Uh, and he was running like a centaur heavy list. So he had like three units of like 12 centaurs, a unit of chariots, two chariot characters, a couple of ambushing units. And I basically just sat off and shot him and he couldn't get around me. And then he tried to ambush behind me, but it didn't work because I had my darts ready to counter charge. He just got stuck on my chariots, couldn't break them. He was really unfortunate. I moved up and shot like a, a small unit of centaurs off. And he failed like his nine discipline check out of BSB range. And then he lost like three chariots and his both Oof. chariot characters. And it, it was like turn three or four. And at that point, it was just like game over. Because um, the only thing he had really left to do was declare long charges with the centaurs and hope he got in. And I think the one that he declared, I fled. And then he just failed anyway. And then it, the shooting just continued. So I got like a 20 last game. So I was quite fortunate that he, he failed that check. Otherwise, it probably would have been like a small win. I don't think it would have been that big because he could have just ran away because he's so fast. If he decided not to play the game. But it was last game... Neither of us were going to win the tournament, so he was just like, fuck it, let's just go all in. So yeah. It was good. It was fun. I had All my opponents were re- really nice, really chill. Um, it was a really nice bunch of games. It sounds like, despite your list being designed to fight uh, single models and monsters, you didn't actually play that many single models and monsters. <laughs> well, <coughs> the who did, so the Empire player that I played for, Nikolai, he had the Stank and he had a Griffin Lord. And oh yeah, Griffin, Griffin as well. Oh, right. Yeah, so he just hid behind a hill until they came out, and then I tried to shoot him with a cannon, and I inevitably managed to hit him with a cannon, but then rolled a one to wound. Roll a one, classic. And then yeah. I did something like five wounds with all my small arm shooting, and he just made all of his saves. So I think he had like a two up, five up. So he he just managed to make enough that I couldn't do anything to him. And then the beast hard player soon I had two Gortax, so that was quite good. And then, yeah, Thomas didn't really have much in the way of single models, but he had, like, Chosen Knights and other, like, monstrous stuff, so the cannons still had something decent to shoot at. Like, in those games, the cannons probably did more damage with, like, the volley gun and being in combat than actually their their single shot. So just having that versatility as well was really nice. Yeah, sure. Nice. Okay, so what, what was your finishing score, sorry? So at the end of the five games, I think I finished on 59. That's still good. Yeah, yeah, and you good. came, you came eighth of twenty-four. Yeah, so quite happy with that. Like, yeah, damn. I'm not, I mean, it was. It's actually more than the fucking War in the North score, which I was really surprised <laughs> about, especially after game one, because I was like, nah, this isn't going to go as well. But just shows you, like, you never know. You've got to play all your games. You can't yeah. write yourself off. So exactly. Um, and like, for all that, it would have been nice. Handshake on game two but I know that could have been an extra 10 points for you right there it's funny this, <laughs> this did become a joke because like after my <laughs> going by my scores my other two scores on day one it was like yeah Paul you probably wouldn't have got like 
<laughs> yeah, but like this is the thing. If I had, if we had played the game right and I got a good score, then I wouldn't have played. I would have had different opponents for the rest of the tournament, and That's I might true. not have gotten That's those true. scores. So like, I don't really read into that too much. <laughs> okay, then. Right, Michael, tell us about your event then. My escapade into escapades. much fun. Yeah, so I. Game one, I played a lovely chap called Manu, which is Swedish short form for Emmanuel. Uh, he had demons, in a really cool demons army. So there was two big blocks, or like kind of bigger blocks of those like flies, the big fly guys. Yeah. yeah. He had a bigger unit of like some demons with that snail guy. So he kind of fits as like a, um, he takes up like eight. Rank and file dudes. Oh, uh, the 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 what you call it sentinel, Nakuja, the sloth. Yeah, guy. I think I I think that must have been who it was. Mm. I can't quite remember. And then he had two ambushing like um, what are they called? They're like the little kind of like nurgling guys. Yeah, I know. What you mean the gremlins. You know what Maze I mean? Mazed uh, by gremlins. That's what they're called. Oh, they're so yeah. good. Yeah. They're so good. Like they're so deceptively good. Um, like if I was playing demons, <laughs> I would just always take them. Uh, because they look like shit because they're a swarm but they hit so hard especially if the stuff that they're going to hit right they're going to be attacking like you know shooting stuff they're going to be attacking war machines they're so good um and then what else do you have poison and stuff as well like yeah i think i think they come up with poison by default but you can make their poison be a five plus if you take the right manifestation right yeah and i think um other than that there's a couple like smaller units of like the kind of vanilla demon guys um, but this was a fun game. It was quite swingy up until the end, um, and uh, I got two points from this. But it was a lot of fun. And again, I think, yeah, I think it was kind of like standoffy at the beginning. He also had some imps, I'm sure. So we were kind of shooting back and forth a little bit. But once the flies got in, they just started tearing up stuff. Um, yeah. That's the thing, because I remember thinking like, okay, these guys are res four, but actually they were really, they hit very strong. Yeah, they're good. Um, and I think they just started kind of going through like both sides of the of my line. But uh, Manu was really great. A lot of fun was had. Game two, so we 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 shook on that, of course. Game three, <clears throat> I played Andy, so the same Andy that Paul played in this okay. last game. Um, so I got three points from this. I was a total fucking idiot, total fucking idiot. And again, I'm blaming it on being Rough. very hungover. Um, that's a good excuse but also, to be fair but also being like really shit at the game right because, <laughs> no but like because it's like I, I mean this is the this is the one thing in the, the tournament that like even i am embarrassed about because i know <laughs> to not make this mistake because like i've done it with james when he's played these tiers against me like on ub like i know to like i know to block ambushers and it was kind of funny because like henry was coming over and taking photos and like, like <laughs> his face when he, his face when he, when he seen what I'd failed to do, was that way, like, when you tell your dad or your mum that you want to be, like, you know, um, like a carpet weaver when you grow up. You know I mean, they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? So, because it's, it's, it's the thing, like, I had two units of writers, I had two units of skirmishing militia, so I, I should have just used these to block out a corner and just like sit there right but yeah i was a fucking idiot and i didn't do that and it's like turn because he had the item that allowed him to ambush turn one yeah 
Um, and it's like, okay, I'm bringing in like all these fucking guys. I'm like, oh yeah, fucked up. All <laughs> um, but and it was super fun, really great opponent. Um, and yeah, he came out with us like afterwards. Um, but I think yeah. he's an amateur time regular. But um, that totally reminds yeah, me. I mean, sorry, I have to say, just when you're talking about Henry coming over your table, I swear to God, see every time Henry oh, came over my table, yeah. it was like, fuck off, man. Like he came <laughs> over in my game against Thomas, and he was watching it as I lost both my characters at the end of like the last turn of the game because I couldn't make like an Aegis save, and I was just like, for fuck's sake. And then there was like another game he came over. That was when I rolled the one to win the fucking Chicken Lord game one. It was like, dude, you've you got such bad energy right now. Like, stay the fuck <laughs> from my table. Dude, I actually had the same fucking thing. Like, I remember every time he was coming over, like, I would totally fucking whiff or like fail. But I noticed like every time, like, what the fuck is that? We need to get a bad vibes. exorcist or something. All like. that English energy. <laughs> Yeah, but Henry's one of the nice, nice ones. You know? he's, he's one of the good ones. <laughs> um, okay, so game four. So this is day two. I played the Lasso. Uh, so he was playing Orcs and Goblins. He had a really fun list. It was just very pushy. What is um, what says what's his name Danish for? Lasso. Sounds like Lasso. It sounds like Lasso, but um, ah, uh, yeah, who knows? But Lasso, really fun. He had a great green idol. He had a big unit of iron orcs actually, which you don't really see. Um, he had an Iron Orc character who was very killy in there. Um, he had a bigger unit of like Common Orc boys with hand weapon and shield. Um, he had a big unit of like Cave Goblins with without Madgits actually, which I thought was quite odd. But he did have Nets. Um, he had a huge unit of Trolls and what else? Some Scuttlers with like a like a a, a Witch Doctor on a Scuttler Spider and a unit of like Boar Boys to score. Sorry, he had like two units of board boys. I think they were savage orc board boys. Two minimum units just for scoring. Um, and yeah, this was quite fun. So like, I mean, I won seven points. As I said, like day two, I felt like I was like, right, I'm in the game. I kind of know how my list goes again. But again, that's on me being a fucking idiot, right? Wasn't hungover. And also, also Paul and I had a really delightful Danish breakfast, which helped. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very fun. Like, so last I was just pushing. I was just trying to like, kind of hold off as best as I could, especially with the trolls, because I didn't really have much that could, like, take them off. And these, because he had cave trolls as well, right? So they were, you know, four up armor save, you got, like, you know, MR, I think. Is that correct? And then you also have, like, the four up Aegis, or, like, regen, I think, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Really fucking solid, because I like trolls when I play orcs and goblins. But it was fun, and, like, I think there, was, like, there were a couple of things that I'd done really well in this game, like... It was um, because I remember it was kind of coming down to the wire. Like the trolls had like pushed through like the flagellants, which I used as like a roadblock, but obviously they would go through them in two turns. And I think it was like I had the opportunity to either charge my imperial guard, try and take out the great green idol, and like overrun past the line of sight of the trolls, or receive a charge from the great green idol the trolls and maybe even like another orc unit and i just said fuck it i may as well try right and i managed to get into the great green idol i managed to get it down to one wound because the great green idol is res six no sorry it's res eight res eight yeah. so you're wounding it on sixes with great weapons right mm-hmm. which i had overlooked so i'm like oh fuck like i might not actually do this 
because all my characters had hand weapons right so they're there just for like you know death warrant hatred um and because it's like unstable or one of these things i actually managed to get the last wound off just from that so it was really lucky and one round of combat and then i managed to overrun outside of the line of sight another funny thing was actually um i had a unit of militia because the 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 objective was um what was it spoils of war Mm-hmm. So I think, I think he'd beaten off one of my units, and I was like, "Fuck! I'm going to charge you with militia against one of the units of boar boys." So this is like a five-man unit, but they're pharaohs with oh, I can't remember. I think it must have been it was either hand weapon and shield or paired weapons, but I think there was only three left. I charged it with the militia. The the boar boys totally whiffed, and the militia actually won and it's like, okay i'll pursue they they managed to get away but they, they they went off the board edge next turn he had like his um witch doctor on the scuttler spider and i'm like fuck it this is a long ball charge but i'll charge the, the militia actually got in and killed the the witch doctor what a boy <laughs> but it was like one of those moments where it's like yeah it's just so fucking like funny like you know you're throwing this like totally shit unit in just to see what if kind of thing and then like yeah like Totally made their points back that game. But yeah, that was overall really fun, so a small lose for me there. I think there was another point too, because he he also had like a wyvern in this list. And so, I mean, I had my knights going after one objective, but it was kind of like a Mexican standoff where it was like, either I go on the hill, which was like adjacent to the, to the, to the penny, or you're going on the hill and I'm seeing you. So it was kind of like, we, neither of us wanted to give each other the first charge. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of dancing around the penny until the last moment, and I think I got to the stage here where I did pick up the penny, but he charged and broke the knights, so I lost the secondary to him. I think we only had a difference of like a hundred points or something. So again, like him managing to retain one really just won the extra mile there. Yeah. For game five, I played uh, Jacob, so he was a highborn elf player. Um, so I won thirteen points here. This was again really, again quite swinging in the same regard. Like I think on points, um, there was something like a a hundred difference kind of thing, um, but the secondary was breakthrough, and I think like he had quite a static list, and I managed to push through on one side with like two two scoring units. Uh, but his list was two phoenixes, one was frost, one was fire. Um, he had a big unit of sea guard with like two characters he had a unit of what are they called uh flame wardens is that what they're called yeah yep. um yeah you know those a smaller unit of those and he also had a small unit of um oh what are they called like the lion guard kind of guys yeah and what else he had two two uh reavers the, the boat reaver things i think he had a bigger unit of like like some knights as well i think yeah the i think it was pretty much... popular just now oh no it wasn't the lancers it was the um Nice nicer yeah is it no it was the um the chaffy ones the light calf oh the, oh, the reavers yeah so sorry he had two units of like the bolt throwers and then he had one unit of small reavers i think in this game i played quite well because initially what i did was i blitzed both of the bolt throwers with the writers so i vanguarded up and then i just marched so i dropped for first turn and turn one i took off both of them which was really great. And I think had I not done that, then I would have been in a much worse position. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, Paul. 
Paul Sacco genius. Because um, I was actually I was actually down to play the other Highborn Elf player who had a similar list. And Paul gave the suggestion of, yeah, like, you know, that's a really good trade. So just, like, push up and just blitz them. And then you don't really have to worry about your own guys from shooting so much. And it just happened that when that player unfortunately dropped out, Jakob had the same stuff. Right. Pretty much. So I was able to just do the same thing. And then that was kind of cool because then those writers spent the whole rest of the game just like forcing March checks and kind of just being pains oh, in the ass by just like darting about so the good, back. Aren't they? So, yeah, so good. Yeah. But it was a good game. I mean, it was kind of standoffishy. Like, you know, I had the two mortars, which just went to town on a lot of the elf stuff. And yeah, it was really where like a lot of my magic and shooting were coming to play. And yeah, as I said, like on points, I think I was in the lead for points up until like the very last bit. But then like Jakob managed to like snatch quite a few points back because I think and I think in the end he managed to take out the Imperial Guard, which was like 500 points, pretty much. Not the characters, but just the Imperial Guard. What got into the guard? It was just shooting. um, Just just so many bow shots. Um, And then the characters had the special bows too. So they had like high strength, high AP. And as I say, like it just came down to swinging secondary. But Jakob was, is, I think, quite new. This was like his second tournament, but he was really fun, really nice guy. Again, much like Paul said, like every opponent, like there was no beef. Really was like a great event. Cool. Really, really great fun. Um, but again, like I, I seem to suffer from the same thing as Paul because, like, especially in that game, you know, I think because I didn't move the stank a lot, I was hitting the, the phoenixes on twos. Because the base aim is like three, and then I think I also was putting on like altered sight, so I was hitting it most, hitting the frost phoenixes and the fire phoenix most of the time on twos. But like you know, you would hit and then just like get a one to wind, and I think that happened like at least twice in that game, yeah. which was really, really quite frustrating. But yeah, really fab, really fab. And I ended, I ended the event because I have it on tourney keeper here on thirty five points. All right. So I I maintain my stand my standing as the one star general. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So I was I was top of like the the lower quartile, which is where I belong. Okay, right. So before we do kind of overall thoughts, then who won the event? What were the list that did well? So it was a guy called Alan who Fraz actually had played day one uh, with Sylvan Elves. So it was like a Tree Father Ancient list with two other Tree Fathers. And then he had like Blade Dancers. He had a unit of Kestrels and a unit of Wild Huntsmen. And then it was just a kind of mix of other stuff in core. How uh, are Sylvan Elves when in tournaments? Because they're shit. <laughs> well, apparently. But I guess like... Um, both lists were quite tree heavy or had significant tree elements in them. So, mm. I mean, there might be tournaments that are getting one with like elf heavy Sylvan Elf lists, but I don't know of them. But yeah, trees are definitely in there. And then joint second was between an orc and goblin list and a demon list, I think. Um, oh. and they were they were yeah. like two points off the top so i think it was 71 points on alan and then 69 points on second place yeah that's correct so the orcs and goblins player was ollie and then the demons player was dennis yeah so i think Um, they were swedish i think there was about six or seven guys who came over from sweden for the event which was pretty cool yeah i think top three yeah i think that was the top three like um Funnily enough, like War of the North, like Craig, who was playing ogres, played Danny, and then after that he was like, I want to play Sylvan Elves. 
and Faraz mm-hmm. played Alan, and after Nordcon is like, I totally want to try to sell one else now. <laughs> they're so they're cool, both power cool games. Army, yeah. uh, I still think that because it just needs to be set on fire and started again. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are some builds that work and they can do certain things quite well, but yeah, it's, there's just a lot in there that needs fucking fixed. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about the, the tournament overall quite a lot so far, so we, we don't need to linger on that, but in terms of the standard of play, uh, the kind of meta. Did you notice anything in diff- like in comparison to to UK events? We were kind of talking about this like on the Saturday, like after day one. Like Henry was asking us, like, did we have any kind of impressions on that? And everyone I played, I thought was pretty solid. Like I didn't think anyone was bad or made any like really bad mistakes. Like even in the last game, we're in twenty. Like. Andy was just really unlucky. Like I said to him, like I don't think you did anything wrong in that game. You just filled that one check, and it just really restricted what you could then do. Um, but no, I thought everything. I thought everyone was pretty solid. Like I wouldn't say anyone was like ETC level fantastic, but I didn't feel like I had any easy games either. So like, I thought the standard was pretty good in terms of like the meta and stuff. It's kind of hard to say. Like, I I would say that the lists were quite surprising. Like, I didn't think when I read them initially, like, they were very representative of what you would normally get. Like, in the UK, just now, if someone takes Beast Herds, they take a Mino Warlord, they take Mino Block, they'll take certain things you're used to seeing, but that's not what people were bringing there. So, like, Mm. I don't know how much of that was just due to the fact that it was a very casual event and people wanted to bring things that were painted and just things they enjoyed or if it is just a, a difference in the meta like um i'm not really sure to be honest but i mean how uh, did the the lists for your own faction so how did the other ogre and empire lists look compared to yours um i'm trying to remember like what the other ogre list was was there another ogre list michael can you remember Tune in to a message from our sponsor whilst we find out. We are experiencing uh, technical difficulties. Uh... Yes, there was. Andreas Bog, but I think he had to drop out, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't play. So there wasn't another uh, but he also had No, but he also had like Jesper. I don't think I've seen him, though. So I think it mm-hmm. probably was just you. So he, I think he was another dropout. Okay. Yeah, he quite had, possibly. Yeah. What about the Empire list then, Michael? Yeah, there was like three Empire players. There was me, there was Nikolai. And Felix. Um, who, who, who finished fifth, which was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, Felix. So he he was one who had like the odd list submission. Like, yeah, did you think Nikolai's list was strange, Michael? Or did you think that was pretty standard? He did, he, did have a, he did have a giant with a repeater gun. Yeah, um, which is, which, I mean, it was cool to see. Like, it was a nice model because he took one of the, like, the plastic games workshop ones you know like the ale wrestler mm-hmm. kind of original ones and had him carrying uh like a hell blaster volley gun but the way he would have had to have like fiddled with the arms to get that was really neat it's definitely i don't think the best knight uh, sorry a best giant that you can take for empire when we were mm. playing he rolled he rolled to shoot like turn two and he rolled like triple six mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we, his face was just like what <laughs> we were like we were like what what even happens it was like it just takes a, it just takes a wind but in terms of the list like it's kind of 
I'm just it's not that unusual. Now. He's got a big. He's, I mean, he's kind of similar to you in a sense. Imperial guard block, I mean, a big unit of cav, a dart, and then some heavy infantry with halberds and a steam tank. His mages were on kinda, uh, on the engines, so that's on different. the engines, yeah. Yeah, but even in terms of like your main battle line, like you've got forty heavy infantry with halberds, you've got thirty imperial guards, but then you've also got like twelve electro cavalry, not even knightly orders, and then you've got six with great weapons, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got a twenty heavy infantry support unit. So kind of kind of interesting, but it's that way where it's like it didn't. Just looking at it now, nothing seems to have like a lot kind of invested in it. You know, like fair enough, you've got two marshals who'll go with like the Imperial Guard probably. Don't even have a prelate though. You know, like you're not you're not investing in a lot of buffs from what I can see into like either of these units, which is quite interesting. But they still done like really well, you know. So I wouldn't say it's entirely standard. Because again, like you know, if you see Imperial Guard or whatever, you're gonna be counting on people taking like hatreds from a prelate. You're gonna be counting on people having like very predictable and specialized like support for that unit. I think Empire is, nice is because... one of those ones though that like that becomes the trap that you you just like Well that's what I mean though, right? So like I I really rate it for like not being predictable because I really feel like especially for like UK things, like Yeah. Like every list is the same. Like I feel you don't even need to look at lists for Empire because you just know what it's going to be yeah, exactly, here. Yeah. So yeah, I really rate that. Well, I mean, I can't even read the other one. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, let's leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> two times 30 spearmen, two times 15 handgunners. That's what it says. Distracting wagon. Pyromancy adept maybe on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Block block of Imperial Guard with great weapons. Okay, a block of fifteen, maybe. Ten times outriders. Yeah. They haven't been called that for <laughs> ten years. <laughs> ah, yeah. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Outstanding. Okay then, so in terms of overall as an event, thumbs up, you would go back? Huge thumbs up. Definitely would go back. I think yeah. Paul and I spoke about this afterwards. You know, where it's like, I think we both agreed where it's like, you know, you go to an event in England and we've been to great events in England. I mean, like Bristol, for example, is like, I think one of, if not the best events I've been to. Um, so that's like the Ninjas event, the Bristol Ninjas. Yeah. Um, that was such a good fucking event. Like, and, and like a model in many ways as well, like, especially when you think about price support. And I, I really loved how, like, I think the bottom three got something. They all got something, and I think it was also like the best kind of prizes as well. Like you went up and you yeah. got the box. The, their their prize support is always really good. It's like because you've got like eighty people, yeah. you've got quite a lot of money available, and it's nice that they put it all back into the tournament. They they don't like hold yeah. on to it for like their their club or anything. And there's like unlike, dice and and different things as well. You got you, everyone unlike gets unlike some other people. Well, they know who they are. But I feel like this was so much more bang for buck, even though we spent much more than we would, right? But it, by the end of it, it did feel like we actually had like a nice, like kind of little holiday in the middle of it. Yeah. Like I came back feeling just like proper, like rested and chilled out, and it, it was just such a great break. I thought like 
because it wasn't just playing the games. Like I, that's that's the thing. Like I almost felt like the games took like second place. Like that was a nice, even though we went for the tournament, just because of how like the weekend, the long weekend went, it kind of felt like that was the cherry on the top rather than you know like just being out and seeing the place and hanging out with Henry and Henry showing us like nice places in Denmark. So for me, like, I would definitely kind of put that above, like, a more kind of, like, I don't mean local, but I mean, you know, it's like you go to these things further down south and, like, you're arriving late on the Friday. You're kind of leaving very promptly on the Sunday. Yeah, you don't have Um, time to kind of enjoy it. Yeah, and, like, I think that just totally wasn't the case here. And it was so refreshing to be on the Sunday and be like, oh, yeah, we're not rushing to go home. Yeah. Like, we're actually going quite late the next day. So that was also really cool to be able to just see some Denmark on on Monday. Not Denmark, I mean, Copenhagen, of course. But So, yeah, like, it's really it's really something, I think, like, for the Nick, because there seems to be quite a lot of Danish events. So, But even in Sweden, like, I would definitely prioritise those or, like, start to consider those, I mean. And that's the thing as well. It's like you do it once and you realise, like, okay, that's actually... It wasn't far, and it didn't take long to get to. Um, and despite like a lot of the COVID travel being a bit of a bollock, like the extra considerations you have to make, it wasn't that much of a burden. No, it was pretty good actually. Like that was something some of the guys who were like from Copenhagen were asking us, like, how was the journey? Yeah. How long did it take? How much was it? Like, yeah. I think they were like, like Suna especially was like quite interested in maybe coming over to a Scottish event because he was like, oh, that's actually uh-huh. really doable. Uh-huh. Like, so I was telling him that's about Siege, well. like, you yeah. know, that would be perfect because just it's about the similar, more similar kind of vibe to Nordcon, I would say. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I had this same thing where, like, people were like, oh, like, how, how long did it take you to get here kind of thing. And, so you, and then you hear it and it's like, okay, that's really not bad at all. No. Yeah, like, like some looks, of the guys were like, bad. "Oh, it takes us longer to drive home than it than, yeah, than yeah, your exactly. than your flight yeah. is." Like, pretty good. So that was cool. Um, and and other things as well. Like, I mean, I think the worst thing that could be said about the event was like, I think just the food on day one wasn't very well provided for. I because I think for the event it was just like um for day one they just had like a little toasty van upstairs. Oh, they did oh, have you like said a this, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. You know, and like I think, had we maybe been a bit more savvy about the place, we could have went to get something from outside. But there wasn't really anywhere like super nearby, so you would be spending the majority of the lunch hour like going to get it. I don't even think lunch was an hour. I think we had like it was only thirty minutes, maybe it was half an hour, because that was the trade-off with with having longer rounds. Was that there was less time in between? Less time, yeah. I mean, but as I say, like that was the only kind of negative i would say overall because yeah. on day two because on day two they actually had like a van outside the venue which was there in day one but it wasn't serving hot food but on day two it was serving hot food and it was actually ser- serving like indian food which was really cool so it's because like, again it's like any other event you go to it's usually usually if you need to go to like a van or something it'll be not even a van it'll be like a mcdonald's or it'll be like a fucking burger king and it's just shit, you know, that's the, that's the one thing mm. I always hate about these events, is you come back feeling like, I've ate so much shit. Yeah. But at least, like, even though we spent a lot of money on food when we were away, like, we weren't eating, like, awfully. No, the um, food was nice, typically. Like, it was it yeah. was pretty good standard. I think there's a lot to kind of take as, like, a kind of, like, motivation for running an event and organising an event. 
I totally take that point about the food as well. Like, uh, I often get that, like, both ETCs have been like that, where you get to, like, day day three and you're just like, I just want something that isn't greasy or 90% meat. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. yeah because even like even when we would drive down to something in england like i mean you know it's like you're stopping at like a services but it, it, you know you're at that point you're getting the fucking kfc it's convenient isn't it you're just grabbing like, something yeah yeah and then <clears throat> and then as you say like that's the whole weekend and it really fucking you just regret it like so much afterwards so that was really good because it was like oh that's actually like if, i've never had like an indian for you know, the day to lunch kind of thing. So that was quite cool. Awesome. No, it sounds like you guys had a had a great time and that the tournament was a big success. So Yeah. Yeah, just uh, another big shout out to Henry for organising it. It was really good. And a shout out to all our opponents. Thank you all for the great games. Yeah. We should also say um, you managed to meet up with uh, Mada as well, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah. So Albin. So Mada on the forum. Um, when we had found out from Henry, like I think I was speaking to Mada on Discord. I'm like, oh, by the way, you should consider this um this event which is running on uh in Denmark. And yeah, he came along, which was really oh, cool. Nice. I think he also yeah, he had some UD, of right? people. Yeah, lovely, lovely UD, yeah. And yeah, I think he said to another of the cup a couple of the other Swedish guys. And it was actually his first event outside of Sweden, which was really cool. Right. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it's kinda nice to put like a name to like a forum handle yeah and or like a face to a forum handle i mean and actually like meet these friends that you've met online so he hung out with us too which was really fun and yeah it was just great to kind of yeah meet some familiar but unfamiliar faces so that was nice. cool you were um you were thinking about maybe going to one of his events in stockholm that he runs so yeah okay. i think because <clears throat> he was telling us that he runs a couple of events and they seem very similar in vibe to a lot of the striveling kind of events that we run there's a much more like kind of narrative focus on the scenarios. He was showing me pictures of the terrain that he's made specifically for each table in his That's event. Insane. And I think <laughs> I think each table has a different scenario and like different yeah. special rules for the terrain. Which I think really it's like cool. I think he's done like twenty tables as well. It's a yeah. lot of terrain. He's Bloody done. hell. Each of, are, each of them are unique as well, which is really cool. Um I mean going to Sweden wouldn't add much more than going to Denmark. So let's see. Scott's on Scandinavia 2.2.0 tour. No, I'd love to get over for an event at some point. It's just uh, super busy right now. Yeah. It's a shame Fraz isn't here to tell us about his thoughts. I'm sure he uh, tasted the delights of Copenhagen in his own way. Yeah, he told me he had a really great pastry. I almost said pie, but I don't think they do pies in Denmark. I think it's pastries. <laughs> One thing I learned, though was never to put your finger in a Danish like, pastry. See, it's it just, too much. It's too much. I just, I just You've jumped the shark. There's a veil. You don't go past the veil. Fraz will tell you more about going past the veil. And I think that's about it for this uh, this week's episode. But we hope you've enjoyed. And uh, massive thank you for Michael for giving up his evening to come chat to us. You're welcome. Uh, thank you to Paul for keeping the show on the road. Uh, that's right. The, which is a difficult task tonight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that I've got left to do is to uh, tell you all that if you have any questions uh, or want to fire anything into the show, you can do so via the form. Uh, Paul is <laughs> a Space Goblin. I am, <laughs> I am Lost Cause. Jesus. Michael is McDickDock. 
Don't uh, don't write me. I'll go straight to spam. Yeah, um, uh, Mike was probably banned from the forums now anyway. So yeah. Bye. Um, you can get us on Twitter. Paul is Space Goblin One. I am MGR Lost Cause. You can send an email to us at scottishbloodlands at gmail dot com. Off the top of my head, it's been a wee while since we've done this. I'm getting a bit rusty. Did we think about a uh, a duel to end on? Oh shit! Yeah, we were going to seamlessly work one in. Yeah. That never that never happened. It's going to be completely unseamless now. He's the <laughs> finger to my butthole. Oh my god! <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>